fresh and exciting. Somebody with a sock personality that'll sweep people right off their feet. Where is he? What is he up to? What other terrors can he unleash at will? Calling your genial host, renowned writer, art collector, and teller of strange tales. What fiendish power did he possess? Where did he come from? Who is this man? Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Band Radio Network for a Monday. Talk radio the way our founders intended. America, as the elites routinely weaponize their justice systems, farmers and truckers have realized they can weaponize their elite appetites. Day 1131. Putting the Eric in America. Say hello to EZ. What's up? Good afternoon. Putting the heat in Heather. Hey, guys. Double H is here. Uh, we'll do Dark History Hour 3, as usual. Our buddy Eric Maffini, top of the final hour of the program. You can deliver your remarks at any time, and we'll get to them twice in today's show from the Florida Man Radio app. I think even liberals now realize the justice system has been weaponized as Engron hits Trump with this 354 million a flimsy victimless fraud case that was uh, really done before it be- before it began um and you look you may cheer the verdict that dirty trump but you you have to realize the first time any case like this of its kind ever has been tried without a single victim the banks themselves said we yeah we we know what he was doing we we routinely do this we we like we got we made plenty of money off of him and he was a big elephant that brought us a lot of the clients uh, we don't feel defrauded in any way. Um, he's going to obviously appeal it. It's going to obviously be overturned on uh, on appeal. Uh, how Trump gets there is questionable. Normally, you have to post the amount of money. Uh, the settlement as, as a bond, as you appeal it, they can probably work something out, uh, putting up property or uh, some type of bonds, things of that nature, and we'll watch it dissolve. Um, but... Truckers now, look, I won't deny the power that American truckers have. I mean, uh, three days without truckers, and we're all in a world of hurt. Um, And they're often thankless, but they are planning a, um, what would you call it? Uh, A ban of traveling to New York. Right. In a revolt, they have uh, decided to not deliver things to New York. Refusing to take deliveries into New York City in protest of the more than $350 million civil fraud ruling against former President Donald Trump. And the boycott starts tomorrow. So, I don't know. You you don't feel like it's a, a, a I don't know how many truckers are going to get involved. Uh, here's some other. Trump 2024. Apparently... There's Chicago Ray is one of the big truckers. He's a big, uh, I guess, a trucker influencer. I follow him uh, on Twitter. They kind of uh, started the thing, and he is, uh, here he is, warning New York City residents. Hey, folks, Chicago Ray checking in. 
Uh, you know, since I talked to you last time, a couple hours ago, uh, I got back on the radio, been listening, been talking to a few guys. This is real, man. There's, there's guys that ain't going. I talked to a guy, he had a, he denied a refrigerator load. Okay, which, you know, refrigerators going to New York City, that, that's pretty good, man. That, that's pretty good money. Okay, so. But if this guy denies it, will, there'll be another guy that takes it? Uh, I mean, uh, more than like, yeah, you have to get a bunch of people, but it will hurt some people on it. I mean, if you if New York were to go with twenty uh, percent less truckers for a certain amount of time, uh, this guy says they've done it before in Colorado. I don't recall this, but good morning, Patriots. This is Trucker Jake. There's talk of a trucker boycott of the city of New York to protest the persecution of President Trump. Now, liberals seem to think that this is a pretty funny idea. Let me tell you a quick story. A couple years ago, a Colorado's trucker was involved in a terrible accident, loss of life. It was tragic. The Colorado judge sentenced that trucker to 110 years in prison. Now, you decide for yourself whether or not he deserved that prison sentence, but when truck drivers from around America heard about that sentence, they organized a boycott against the state of Colorado. And within a month, they brought the state of Colorado to its knees. That judge resentenced that trucker from 110 years to 10 years in prison. Will, will this have the same effect? I don't know. <clears throat> I, you know, it, it really is. People say, for those of you out there that celebrate this, they go, oh, Trump's a horrible criminal. They approved it in court, and it was a very fair trial, and uh, it was fair in every way. And even though those stupid bankers came up, we all know that Trump's an evil criminal, and he said his property is worth too much. And that in America is a horrible, horrible crime akin to child uh, uh, pediatry. And he must be, look, this only means the precedent has been set, and uh, you, could, you, could be, you could be next. That's the problem, though, is uh, Katie Hochul comes out and immediately says, oh, don't worry, because a bunch of people, a bunch of businesses all of a sudden went, whoa, we don't, maybe don't want to actually be in New York anymore. Well, yeah, why do be. business there anymore? And she came out today and said, or over the weekend, was like, oh, don't worry, we're not looking into anybody else. It was really only him that we were after, so. I mean, how, and if you can't see this for the blatant political punishment and 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 election interference then i feel bad for you uh because this is how it happens this is how it happens the next thing you know um you know we've taken uh, the next step deeper into socialism and and you allowed it to happen because orange man bad and your tv tell told you uh so this woman's name is uh i'm gonna play a little bit of her her name's Stephanie. Oh, where'd you go? That's not you. Because she, she talks so slow. Hey, everybody. It's Stephanie. It's Just Stephanie. doing a little exercising, but <laughs> I know there's a big debate on X about the truckers and the trucker strike and what they're going to do about that as far as New York. And people keep asking me Her. who are from New York, but won't that hurt the people of New York? And yes, 
It will hurt the people of New York. Her point being, why would an American truckers hurt American, uh, you know, fellow Americans that uh, uh, live in New York? Uh, because uh, that's the way it is. That it, the boycott doesn't hurt. Uh, doesn't work unless it hurts somebody. Correct. Uh, yeah, that's what we're told. And so maybe New Yorkers that thought this was a great idea to prosecute this horrible, horrible real estate criminal uh, by, by you know overvaluing his property, um, maybe you you'll you know won't support that type of political because you know you know that's what it is. I don't care who you are. No one out there believe that if you do, you're you're lying yourself. You know, you're really not being intellectually honest. If you say that that's not a political prosecution, that man broke many laws and he deserved to pay three hundred fifty million dollars. And never do business in New York City. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 laughable. Um, I don't know. Without a regular stream of goods, there maybe you start to feel a pinch in a couple of weeks. Maybe you're hurting a little more uh, in a month. Don't blame truckers. Blame Letitia James, Alvin Bragg, J- Justice Engron, um, and and the like. And at the same time. You know, if if New Yorkers are suffering, so are the illegal aliens. What will Juan do without his $64 a day in food? Or his luxury hotel? Poor Juan. He may go without toiletries in his luxury hotel for God knows how long. You know, they're, they're, uh, what did we say they were paying a day? We Last we learned, $11 a meal? Yeah, it was $11 a meal and plus whatever other stuff they're getting out of it. So, you you know, you're staying in a hotel room that's $550 a night plus uh, whatever uh, clothes and things like that. So you're looking at probably, uh, I would say you're probably spending $700, $800 a day per person. Listen, to, this is in Boston. Hotels are collecting money from the state for three meals a day, $16 for breakfast, $17 for lunch, and $31 for dinner. What are you, where are you getting $31 meals from? Well, let me find that again for you. Hotels are collecting money from the state for three meals a day, $16 for breakfast. When's the last time you paid 16 bucks for breakfast? When you weren't out having a nice breakfast yeah, with a your family. brunch or something like that, probably. But, uh, you know, you go to IHOP and get some pancakes for uh, $10, $11. $17 for lunch. You can get a spot as cheesesteak, a foot long, a massive, massive one for 14 and change and feed two people. And $31 for dinner. Huh. That means $64 a day per person. Could you afford to spend $64 a day to feed yourself? No. That's a lot of money. The state's right to shelter law requires it provide families with refrigeration and basic cooking facilities. So not only do they, are they, do they, do they do, by law, because they are a sanctuary city, their sanctuary city laws state that you must provide them, A, with shelter. That's the hotel room. B, this is just not any hotel room. It must include refrigeration and, at the very least, a microwave oven. I did some math on this when I listened to this story, and... You could buy a little fridge like they have in the in the in the hotels and a cheap little microwave for maybe three hundred dollars total for every single room and spend less than and, 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 and you'd be it would pay for itself uh, in four days. But some of the accommodations do not have those appliances. Ooh. 
leaving the state to contract out for food and delivery. This is where the money comes in. If you don't have these these amenities in your hotel rooms, you must provide them with three hot meals a day. And if you can't do it, and uh, and you your hotel can't provide the food, you have to contract. And that's when your friend Luigi calls uh, because he happens to have a pasta company. Citing the emergency nature of the crisis, the state gave Spinelli Ravioli Manufacturing Company in East Boston a $10 million six-month no-bid contract to provide meals and delivery. Hey, Spinelli! Hey, you know, Spinelli, they, uh, you know... They got you elected, man. So the Spadellis would like to provide you with, uh, you know, raviolis for the illegals. <laughs> the old ravioli company. <laughs> <laughs> I thought these Do they, are, are they making breakfast raviolis, <laughs> lunch raviolis, yeah. dinner we raviolis? Got a great breakfast ravioli. We buy bacon and the eggs in the ravioli. Lunch, we put bologna and cheese, and for dinner, roast beef and the meatloaf and things of that nature. All wrapped up in one of Spinelli's. Famous raviolis. If you can think about it, we can ravioli it. <laughs> uh, it's just unbelievable. Listen, uh, you can count on the World Cup uh, in New-, New Jersey, New York, to be an absolute nightmare of, of proportions, but biblical proportions. Because this is not slowing down anytime soon. And if Trump does not win... In 2024, there won't be a hotel room anywhere in any major city in America. These guys, let me see if I have this audio. These cats, man, they went into a uh, a hotel that had uh, 1,500 rooms, I want to say. They weren't allowed uh, too far into the hotel. They told them the hotel was closed to the public. This is a, a New York City hotel. They literally... Don't tell me I didn't say this audio. I'll find it. Uh, they they literally have shut down the hotel. They pay rack rate. They've signed a contract where it costs. This is one hotel garners seven point four million dollars a week, a week in revenue, selling it all out to one client, the city of New York. It's 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 it is uh, amazing. I'll have to dig it up. I didn't, I didn't put it where I need. Oh, by the way, have you seen the? Uh, you know, things maybe seem a little dark in New York City these days. All the you know the crime and the shootings and the illegals and uh, and the illegals and the crime and 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 the shootings and the trash and the rats. Well, meet the NYPD dance team. I wish I could describe this to you. I'll retweet it right now. Follow me at the Burke Show. These are these look like your typical female New York City cops. They are none of them. Maybe one or two of them is relatively in shape, and they're wearing knee pads and looks like a basketball outfit. And they've got a choreographed routine. It looks like the background dancers from Sweat into the Oldies. There are two girls here that easily have a 50-inch waists or greater. A, I'm guessing they're, they're members of the police department, right? And also, do they, is it like a 
weekly thing they meet up and get together and do their dance routine. Do you or? have to- how do you have time in New York City? So understaffed in the police department, and, and you and and the the chief thought it'd be a good idea to put together a, a female dance team to go on television. Yeah, to put them on television. <laughs> well, I mean, what else are they doing normally during the uh, dance team? You're going to head on down to do uh, the opening of PS the safe school 105. <laughs> do their uh, lunchtime, right? Like that's going to get the children, you know, to uh, to meet with the cops and uh, and trust them and 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 so on. <laughs> that's just horrible. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's bridging the community. I, listen, if there were better dancers, I was I would agree with you. But these are the horrible, horrible dancers. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're <laughs> terrible. Imagine the kids are like, you the know, kids what? would laugh at them. I right? trust the cops now. <laughs> <laughs> they're just one of us. <laughs> uh, um, they're getting more sophisticated than at the northern border. Oh, speaking of uh, uh, legals, I know we've seen, um, you know, Chinese are coming across the border and, and they're coming across the border from everywhere. Um, but the the number of Chinese uh, in comparison to what a normal, I guess we at one point we had an, an, an acceptable number of Chinese illegal aliens coming over the southern border. Um, but listen to this. Good morning to you out here in Hakumba. We're about an hour east of downtown San Diego right now. This is a very remote area that has seen an explosion of illegal crossings from Chinese migrants and Middle Eastern migrants. This is the area the cartel has been pushing them across for some reason. You can see some of them over my shoulder right now camped out off a major interstate out here waiting for Border Patrol to pick them up. I'll show you what it looked like out here. They just, they just, they just cross the border. They, they start a fire because it's cold, and they just wait because at some point they're going to get a ride. The Border Patrol is going to come and apprehend them. They're going to surrender to them and get into a warm vehicle and be taken to uh, be processed. Here last night, take a look at this video. I came out before midnight. There were dozens of these migrants from all around the world who are camping out here with fires. It's chilly out here. Again, waiting for Border Patrol to pick them up. This is right off of Interstate 8 out here uh, in San Diego County, a main thoroughfare. Uh, there was not a single Border Patrol agent out here for hours when I was out here. All these people waiting to be picked up, uh, some from China, some from Turkey, some from Central America. They were just waiting. Here's some of what they had to say when I talk to them. Take a listen. Where are you guys from? Turkey. 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 Where are you guys from? De donde son? Ecuador. Ecuador. Where are you guys from? China. 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 What city in the U.S. This do you want Chinese to Chinese lady. Oh, oh, uh, Los Angeles. So, she must have a translator app. She's holding her phone up. She's got these big glasses on. He goes, what? Where do you want? What city do you want to go? She goes, turns and looks at her and Oh, Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles, LA? Los Angeles, okay. Here's the, now, here's now, the number of Chinese have been exploding here at the southern border. This is not normal. Take a look at this graphic right here to put it in perspective. CBP sources telling Fox in the last four and a half months since October 1st, there have been more than 20,000 Chinese nationals encountered here at our southern border. Compare that to all of fiscal year 2021 when there were only 450 Chinese nationals encountered. That is a more than 4,000% increase in Chinese national encounters. What gives? That's easy to get in. I mean, I, I'm surprised Chinese people could get out of China, much less, you know, 
I mean, are they now uh, dissidents? I don't know. Or I, they it here boggles to, the mind sometimes when you uh, think about how the distance alone is, is should be a deterrent. Right. Yeah, that's not 20,000 as opposed to 450. It's a 4,000% increase. I don't know. Uh, anyone have a Trojan horse theory? I mean, China's not our best friend in the world. No, I think there's still some uh, of countries now that, that we've opened the, the gates that are like, yeah, so uh, prisons are a little full. Let's uh, yeah. toss the people out there. Yeah. And I mean, I don't I don't think uh, giant glasses lady is coming from any prison. In <laughs> no, China, no. But. She's here to, to cook for the Chinese soldiers once they're activated. Uh, all right. When we return, the Biden uh, team is wasting no time getting spending that ninety five billion dollars. Uh Biden's leaning towards supplying Ukraine with long-range missiles, of course, so they can strike further into Russia. Remember, this is supposed to be a defensive war and ensure that the United States is drawn into World War III. And I'll tell you about a ton of weapons that Biden could just be giving to Ukraine right now for free. It's within his power. There's millions of them, but that's not really what he wants to give them. Hang on. It's a Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Hi, I'm Carson Kressley. Of all the most valuable resources in the world, kindness is the most precious. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to make the world a kinder place for animals. Rescuing those caught in disasters, protecting animals on our farms, on the silver screen, and the world's remarkable and endangered species who need our care to help them survive. All of us can make a difference by making humane choices at the supermarket, in our choice of entertainment, and by supporting conservation and rescue efforts. It's not hard at all. Make being kind a lifestyle choice and visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways you can help build a more caring, compassionate, and humane world for animals and for all of us. Smiles are powerful. They spread joy, laughter, and hope. But not everyone gets a fair chance at a smile. Every three minutes, a baby is born with a cleft, making it difficult to talk, hear, eat, and even breathe. In America, most children with clefts receive immediate care, but others around the world may never have access to the surgery they need to thrive. Smile Train is changing that. As the world's largest cleft charity, our sustainable model has sponsored more than 1.5 million smiles. We offer training and financial support to local medical professionals so they can provide life-changing surgery and other essential services at no cost to families. It's more than to see these children, to hear the difference that we make. And for me being born with a cleft lip palate, knowing what they went through, is so life-changing for me. Help us change the world one smile at a time. To learn more, visit smiletrain.org slash learn. Every year across America, a staggering 4.2 million youth are homeless or trafficked. Covenant House is the national leader providing safe housing for youth 50 years strong. Help us fight youth homelessness. Go to covenanthouse.org. Well, Biden is now considering... Upping the ante there, giving uh, Ukraine a, a powerful new long-range ballistic missile. They've uh, they've only provided them with medium-range ballistic missiles to date. 
Now they're going to they're leaning towards shipping them the longer range, which would allow Ukraine to strike further inside Russia and the Crimean Peninsula. I, remember there was a time when when we started sitting aid and they get more and then Biden said, well, you know, we're not escalating war. No, people are saying that we're going to uh, escalate uh, a potential of drawing the United States into war with Russia, but we're not sending them tanks. Well, we ended up sending them tanks. Yeah, but then we would never send them jet fighters. But then we sent them jet fighters. <laughs> and then we were, and now we're now long range missiles. We're all but being there at this point. Um, they say the Army has got limited inventory, and uh, it's not likely to send them to Ukraine without money to replenish the U.S. stockpiles. Yeah. If Congress approves it, it'll include long-range missiles uh, the first among the first packages of military aid with that money, according to U.S. officials. They also have ammo and artillery ready to send to Ukraine uh, immediately if the funding is approved. But here's the, the thing. Right now... Joe Biden could send millions of artillery shells to Ukraine for free, without charge, tomorrow, without any permission at all. And it's all perfectly legal. There is a rather bureaucratically complex but legal way for Biden to send Ukraine the thing they need most, artillery shells. Apparently, Ukrainian batteries six months ago were firing 6,000 shells a day in some areas. Uh, today, four months after Republicans block the aid, they're only going to be able to fire 2,000 shells a day. At the same time, the Russians, who's got uh, plenty of uh, uh, shells from Korea and Iran, are firing 10,000 shells a day. So there's a somewhat of a firepower disparity there in terms of ammunition. But we're, we're Biden himself is sitting on millions that he could right now, uh, he could under you an underappreciated U.S. law. It gives the president the authority to sell at a discount or even give away any existing U.S. weapon in the the, the United States military de- declares exceeds to its needs. Uh, and excess defense articles, the total value of five hundred million a year. Uh, the same law doesn't dictate how much of the value the president assigns to a particular weapon. He, in theory, could price an item at zero, and he has the authority under this, uh, and he hasn't used it. He has, he has, he, he could send it to him right now. We, you know, we give excess weapons to third world countries all the time, Ecuador, Greece, uh, you know, and then encourages all other countries likely to directly give to Ukraine some of their surplus weapons. Yeah, we've been giving these artillery shells to those countries, and then they've been selling them to Ukraine. With money that we gave Ukraine. Yeah, we're laundering, money laundering our stuff that we can't even use. <laughs> because the shells that, that we have... They're what? They're like obsolete? Uh, yes, we we had a safety standard that they had to uh, have a correct fire. Now it's like point oh one percent. It can't be a dud. Uh, before that, it was a much it was much higher of a number that it could still be a dud. And these shells qualified under that. So, but now because of our new standards, we can't use them anymore. We uh, they're just sitting in warehouses, and we're listen to this. <clears throat> they orphaned shells according to a two thousand and four report. 
equal four hundred and two million and one hundred of four point six million one hundred and fifty five millimeter shells. The Biden administration could could just ship them. Yeah. But the, the, the practice in the first two years of this war was to give them our stockpiles of weapons that we normally uh, have an inventory of and then immediately <clears throat> replace the donated material with uh, brand new produced weapons. So they say that since almost nothing Biden has given Ukraine actually has been free, it's cost them a portion of the $75 billion in financial aid the Congress approved. But if he abandoned the practice, he could designate all the uh, the shells that fall under this DPICM ruling in the remaining U.S. Army and U.S. Marine Corps warehouse as excess and donate them to Ukraine without a single dollar to replace them. So the military-industrial complex doesn't benefit because... They won't be making those anymore because they're obsolete. Yeah, but they're already not making them. They're literally just sitting in a warehouse collecting dust. But they'd rather give them a current uh, uh, artillery that we do use that they that we wouldn't uh, would have to. We would need to replace it and call it you know missile bob and have them give us a couple million of them. Almost like we're using this war to continue to fund uh, weapons manufacturers. What? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Do that war. Uh, Even though in our defense budget that we already have, we have that money set aside to purchase those new weapons anyway. So we're moving money. Uh, We already have that money set aside to buy those new weapons. Then we're giving more money to Ukraine to buy those weapons that we already are shipping them, that we already have purchased and already have the money replaced for. So it's, I mean, it's literal money laundering of our own money that we don't have. And our own equipment. It's amazing. It has nothing to do with a war that could, again, if it was so dire uh, that they need shells right now to keep the Russia at bay, that we could send them right this very moment. Uh, they could be packed on a, on an aircraft and sent out this very moment. They might be uh, gaining ground with that type of, with those numbers. If you could send them 400 million rounds of artillery, they just all day, all night, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then, and then they'll have some long range arriving soon, and they can pelt further in and irritate. Uh, by the way, you know, I still believe Ukraine cannot win this war. And people say, "Well, we have to defeat." It's impossible. The Kremlin is richer now than it's been in a long, long time. You know, India is one country that falls outside of the sanction of of the of the purchase of Russian um, oil and. I mean, they've they've become very, very wealthy by selling a lot of oil to India. In return, India refines it and sells it to the United States. So. Yeah, it was an article from the uh, the Indian uh, president that was basically saying the same thing. Yeah, where they're like, we, you'd be stupid not to buy oil from Russia right now because they're selling it cheaper. Right. We're buying a ton of it, and we're, we're profiting like crazy. <sighs> did I capture this? Hold on. I'm sure I did. No, I must have. Kansas City mayor is in trouble <clears throat> uh, for something quite stupid. He, uh, Mike Parson, well, actually, the mayor of Kansas City said the 
accused the governor uh, of being of a racial dog whistle. Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas, <clears throat> a black man, accused Missouri Governor Mike Parson, white dude, uh, of using a racial dog whistle because he referred to the suspected shooters in the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade as thugs. How dare he? <clears throat> now, I don't know why that is a racist dog whistle. Um. I looked up the uh, Merriam-Webster definition of a thug, and it is a violent, brutish criminal or bully, a brutal thug. An, uh, or thugs, a group of murderous robbers. A thug is a term with negative connotation. Uh, it had been embraced and reconceived by rap artists. Tupac were to find the word thug into a man who triumphs over systemic and societal uh, uh, objectives. Um, so I don't know why he said, I've got respect for the governor. Well, I disagree strongly with how he would describe the situation. I certainly do think that it was criminal activity. It was lawlessness. And I think that's troubling. But thugs is a dog whistle in the most classic sense. Ah, yes. The thugs that shot a bunch of people. What it, it's, it's it, a dog whistle. Uh, even if it was a black kid or a white kid, wouldn't he still be a thug? Yes. And do we know that it was gun uh, gang related? Uh, I mean, nothing official on it, but you had two guys in a crowd shooting at each other, or two kids really shooting at each other. He said, I've seen this dog whistle time and time again. There's a giant conservative theory on social media and how that the reason these mugshots haven't been shown is because the purported defendants are black. And if it were right defendant, we would have just shown them. Uh, Ann Coulter had a theory of that on Bill Maher over the weekend. I mean, we don't know who did this shooting, by the way, the, the, the Super Bowl shooting. We have we, some idea. What? If it were a white man shooting, we'd know. Who? Well, we don't know. But they, I mean, they That's how we know it's not a white man. I can tell you that much. Do you think they're, they're repressing that reporting? They wouldn't tell us about the um, transgender woman that shot up the Christian school for what, like a year? Um, oh, San Bernardino out here. Remember the crazy terrorist Muslims? I, that's when I first noticed, hmm, they're not telling us who it is. I, it's not a white male. The longer they go without telling you, it's not a white male. Okay, well, we don't, for this one, for right now, as of Friday night, February 16th, we, know. we, don't, we don't officially know. Okay, you know, you have special powers. Um, I mean, her special powers worked. We know. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, were they both juveniles? Is that why I don't have a, yeah? That's what they're saying, yeah. They're both juveniles, so we can't talk about it. Even though they... Killed a woman there and, and injured 23 other people. And what was the shooting of cops over the weekend? I, I was kind of out of touch. I was out of town, but uh, that was a black guy. Yes. And well. that disappeared like a fart in the wind. Look, it's no secret, people. If that was a white guy, especially if it was a crime against a minority, you know, if there's a, if they heard on television, Two young black children were shot today. They're going, oh, please be a Trump supporter. Please be a Trump supporter. By a Hispanic. Ah, dang. They, you know, they, they, they salivate over it. And the media would absolutely salivate over it. 
And that's she's that's a great indicator. We we think the same way. Oh, I mean, pretty much. You could see it all uh, go through uh, Twitter for a little bit or X. Uh, at the day of that shooting, it was all uh, this must be another MAGA, white MAGA Republican, uh, g- gun crazy shooting. You can't even go to a parade anymore without a, a white guy with a gun shooting at a bunch of people. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I didn't oh, see yeah, this. It was all over. <laughs> yeah, white MAGA violence. That's what they said. It's coming to get you. Um, so stupid. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what color their skin is. If anybody's going right. to pull out a gun and fire at each at other during a parade, they're a thug. They're a thug, yes. When I think thug, I don't immediately think a black person. When I think a thug, sorry, but I think Italian people. You're thinking like a big Brutish, bald-headed dude. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> guys with lots of necklaces, real hairy chest, not much of a neck, you know, not probably in the peak physical condition. Drives a Lincoln. That's thought of, you know. Odds are he's got a blackjack that he can hit you yeah. with and <laughs> knock you unconscious. <laughs> I think I really do. I think that. I think that when I think uh, thug. Um, I don't think typical black people. Man, uh, I missed the boat. I think are these. Uh, I got no Donald Trump sneakers. His uh, golden sneakers sold out. Or did they? Or did we? Or, or have they hit the market? I know that some of them have because some of them are on eBay. Here's a guy that p- paid quite a bit of money, some Russian CEO. So, what was your winning bid? $9,000. And let's see the signature. 9000 and they're signed. Congratulations. Um, they, <clears throat> they're gold lame, and I would classify them as boxing uh Shoes like boxing trainers, you know, they're yeah. not, not not really. They don't like look like basketball shoes are. I suppose you could. Uh, I, I don't doubt anyone's going to wear them. Uh, they are three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars a pair, and they are sold out. There, yes. Um, these were licensed by. Uh, I don't know if it was Trump himself or the Trump organization. Uh, people instantly say, oh, he's trying to get the money to scrape up the money to pay the $350 million. He's never going to pay the $350 million. That's not going to happen. Get that out of your head. Uh, thousand were made. <clears throat> uh, ten of them autographed by Mr. Trump. Uh, and quote, they're for go-getters who don't, want to, who don't know the word quit. <laughs> yeah. These shoes are for go-getters who don't know the word quit like me. These kicks are for true patriots. <laughs> I love a good pair of kicks that I can throw on and hit the blacktop with some of the fellas. Uh, you can also still pre-order his T-Red Waves, uh, which is a red pair of sneakers with a 45 with a wing coming off the 45. Yeah. Or his. How uh, much are those? Those are $199. There's also the POTUS 45s, which are which are white ones of the same thing. Those are going for $199. So I wonder how many of those uh, they're they're uh, making available. Those aren't limited. They don't say uh, those. Those aren't limited. It looks like as they're set. It just says pre-order them. I think the gold ones were the only ones that were limited. Also, you can get a bottle of his Victory 47 cologne for $99 as well. It smells like victory and a little bit of election fraud. It sounds like AM radio. These shoes and the cologne. It's actually a crisp opening of citrus blends into a cedar heart. Underpinned uh, pinned by a rich base of leather and amber. Smell that crisp opening. Can you smell it? <laughs> so crisp. It's the crispest opening smelling of any uh, cologne. And ever. then it gets right into that cedar heart. 
and then bam, we hit you with a cedar. Another attempt, they say, a former president tried to cash in on his infamy. Uh, he had uh, never surrender uh, cards, wrapping paper. He cut up and sold parts of his own suit that he wore while taking his infamous mugshot. And you could get a piece of that suit for $4,600. I got a piece of the AstroTurf he stood on when he accepted his nomination for the second his second term because my buddy Matt Mills did the lighting in the Rose Garden. And, he, and when it was all over, he wouldn't cut me a little square. <laughs> Pretty cool. The hats are 50 bucks, blah, blah, blah. They make it. Um, look, he's always been a merchandiser. He knows what he's doing. Um, and uh, what I be caught if I had a pair and I could get some and I could afford a thousand dollars for a pair of you know whimsical sneakers I would buy them but I would wear them somewhere because everyone would know what they were wearing them you're gonna get them ripped off your feet they're going on a shelf somewhere I guarantee you you see a rapper with a pair oh wouldn't surprise me yeah and then he's gonna sing a song about them (laughs) how cool he is that you don't have a pair Uh, yeah, this average, this, this, uh, this, uh, article, Trump hawks $399 sh- shoes to help pay the millions he owes for fraud. <laughs> I, I, I love that thinking like they, they called up and he's like, all right, I've, uh, we got those shoes, right? I need to make a little yeah. money. Go, go, go call the shoe guy and get those out there in production. You probably had a meeting. You got everyone around. It's like, okay, what can we do to raise some money? I, I, as you know, I'm a little pressed for cash right now. So what can we sell? They had everything: Trump vodka, Trump wine, Trump steaks. Uh, uh, the game. There's a game, a Trump board game. Uh, he's put his name on everything. Water. It's really the best water you've ever had. Trump water is the wateryish water you'll ever drink. One guy. They have to. Why they have to say he didn't sound like a Russian CEO? Uh, but he's a watch dealer, Roman Scharf. CEO of Luxury Bazaar, uh, won a pair of autographed Trump Golden Never Surrender High Tops. Uh, he pe- placed a winning bid of nine grand at Sneaker Con. Yes, and everybody knows that the he won the bid because he's a Russian businessman and it's being filtered over to Putin as a payment for election interference. <laughs> <laughs> they are gaudy and, and uh, hideous, but... He says he uh, plans to eventually pass the children down to his own, uh, pass the shoes down to his own children. But now he will just display them in his office. Um, yeah, just another Russian on Trump's payroll. Uh, Trump, did he come out and announce them? He said, I want to do this for a long time. I have some incredible people that work for me on things, and they come up with this idea. This is something I've been talking about for 12 or 13 years. I said, it's going to be a big, big, big success. I might get some of the other ones. This sound a little bit more affordable. hundred and other hundred something dollars? Two, like 200 bucks. Uh, my Trump Force, my Trump Force ones, they have... The only thing about those is they got a little plastic uh, airplane uh, <laughs> on the on the instep, <laughs> a literally uh, a, a little plastic airplane that's in the lacing. You like you have to unlace the shoes to get the airplane out because that really you know. <laughs> uh, hey, maybe you can get somebody to trade you. 
Uh, you want some of the reds? Oh, yeah. You? yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to hold on to these and pass them on to my children. We probably will instantly <laughs> burn them somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're interested in that. Um, do you know that uh, Florida, well, just recently, I think it was here, Osceola State Attorney was investigating a, a fourth grade classroom where a dozen children were, were spanked by a, 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 I don't know, a, a pastor or a, I don't know. Was it a pastor or was it a teacher? Yeah, it was an administrator, I believe. So the decision was announced uh, that it was not, it was possible child abuse, but they did not file charges. But that decision was begged the question um, Florida still allows corporal punishment. We're one of 18 states in the United States that allow it. So why was he investigated? Maybe because he wasn't, I don't know that he was a school official. I think that might have been a, a, a wrinkle. But, and and I hate to say it, but it's also one of the states I hate that or probably every state, even the other 17 states that allowed it, uh, you'll never, it'll never happen because it's really doesn't go with the ideology of the current, you know, public education system, because if you're acting out, you don't need a whooping. You need to transition. You probably hate your penis or something. And if you're really not, you don't have a problem. You don't need discipline. You need uh, 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 gender uh, affirming uh, or just a handful of pills. Yes. A handful of something. I wonder how many pills you could eliminate with, you know, bringing the paddle back. I mean, how many, I don't know how many kids are taking Ritalin these days or Adderall or uh, whatever they're taking, or they're depressed or, you know, they act out, you know, a little whooping might change. People said, uh, even state rep Catherine Walters said, I I had the same reaction when I heard the news, but uh, I assumed it had already been banned. You know what that means? That they're going to try to ban it, but damn right, not going to get through. They what? They did try to say, uh, "We'll do it if your parents buy into it." Like if you're on the list of kids that can get whipped, you're not going to get whipped anyway. Let's face it. There'll be very few teachers, educators, few and far between. More than likely, your PE teacher if you have one. <laughs> you know, there's going to, you know, the current blue haired teacher's not going to spank you. No. I mean, most schools had a person that that was kind of their entire uh, job. Yeah, I had one, Mike Satterino, the yeah. disciplinary di- director of discipline. I think that was, and he was also a coach. He was not stingy with the rod <laughs> he had created. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I looked at if, uh, on the remarks. Let me know if your kid <clears throat> would. Uh, uh, I got uh, uh, a paddle in in uh, fourth grade. And then uh, I constantly got thwacked on the back of the thighs with a dowel rod in high, uh, junior high. Uh, when we return, <clears throat> you know, I, I I read the story about it, the, the title is black people have the highest rate of death from heart disease. And then it said, could more black cardiologists help? So out of interest, I just Googled or searched black people have the highest rate of. When we get back, I'll tell you all of the things they do have the highest rate of and how most of the time we look in the wrong direction for the solution. You know what I mean? I'm a little fuzzy. I'm not wearing my, my, the proper headphones today.
Milo, it's my fault. But it does throw a man off a little bit. Uh, we'll get to that when we get back. Stick around. <clears throat> it's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. NYPD dancers, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there's always something where we, you know, that, that affects a group of people disproportionately, right? We always have to point that out because. If something uh, affects one group of people disproportionately, then it's we've got to get to the heart of it. Well, because there's got to be because we want everything to affect everyone exactly the same. And if they if it doesn't, then it's racism. You normally it's racism. Yeah, because you never hear about the fact that uh, you know uh, sunburns disproportionately seem to affect uh, Irish people with fair skin. And no, you don't. <laughs> we got to get down to the bottom. Of what's going on with that? <laughs> this highlight, uh, this the title of the of this. It was an NBC story. Black people have the highest rate of death from heart disease, and it goes through the story of a man. Uh, he several men from this guy's father's side of his family, his uncles, they died of heart attacks. Uh, he's a former basketball player. Um, he, you know, he noticed he, some small symptoms and he went to a doctor and he was treated at uh, Advocate Trinity Hospital in Southeast Chicago, then referred to Dr. Marion Everett, a cardiologist that gave him a game plan, uh, included putting God first, eating healthy, concentrating on his checkups. But aside from his expertise, Mr. Harris, the patient, felt more comfortable because Everett looked like him. He was a black cardiologist. He says, when you're African-American or black, you're more comfortable interacting with someone who knows, okay, he might have grew up here, or he might eat this, or I heard them do that. He lives in the south side of Chicago. He said, so you're a lot more comfortable with people who walk in similar footsteps. Now, we don't know that the, this doctor, this cardiologist walked in similar footsteps that he came from uh, the south side of Chicago and, you know, was engaged in shootouts or whatever. He, we don't know that about him, but he, this guy assumes that because he's black, then he can, uh, as opposed to, I mean, uh, you go see an Indian doctor, you don't, I mean, or an Asian guy. Yeah. I mean, A, who's the racist now? And like, like that would be like Archie Bunker only going to like if I think there's an episode where he goes to see a doctor and he's not a white man and he's a little uh, he's you know you're uh, a typical big and old uh, funny Archie Bunker about it, but that's we're saying that that's now uh, normalized that we always hear that phrase someone that looks like him or they have something that looks like them they want to see people that look like them, um, so. It's instead of looking at things that may be more obvious um, that there are cultural differences, right? Uh, black and white people, dietetic cultural differences or just straight genetics all the way down. Yeah. yeah, we you know, we but when I when I searched black people have the highest rate of I came up with the following cancer, heart disease, HIV, H, STDs, hepatitis, tuberculosis, death Excise, excess death, homicide, and poverty. You could say 
that they have the highest rate of this because they only represent 14%, 13.5% of, of, the, of the population, that would make more sense, correct? I mean, unless it's a, a per capita. Yeah, I mean, I if mean, it's per capita. It's going to, uh, the numbers are going to be all wonky on there when you're, you're breaking things down further and further each time. What do you mean? Just the fact that, yeah, if you say, oh, well, it's disproportionately like, okay, we've got this smaller group that's uh, uh, 13% of the population. Of them, uh, 90% right. of them get heart disease. Well, that seems really high. Because, that, because only 30% of the white population yeah. get it. Right. Um, so a 21, 2021 report, the Associated Medical College has found that 4.2% of cardiologists are black. Um. 51% are white and 19% are Asian. They believe increasing the number of black cardiologists could mean better heart health for black patients. I, look, I don't want to be an a-holder, but that sounds like... <clears throat> I go to a doctor, I go to a, a doctor. My, my, my main doctor is a honky. Uh, Howard the honky. That's what I'm going to call him from now. But... My, you know, I, I, if I go see a special, I don't give a rat's ass. Frankly, I'm a little more at ease if he's an Indian doctor or an Asian doctor. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, yeah, it's oh, it's a weird thing when you uh, break it down that way because it is. Uh, we've been on a weird trend lately of, a, like you said, oh, I want people that look like me. Well, that sounds super racist. If you super go, racist. If you go and you say, well, I only want a teacher that looks like me. I only want a doctor that looks like me. I only want a mechanic that looks like me. You're being racist. You could probably also say that black people have the highest rate of uh, of, of of car breakdowns because the uh, the could more black mechanics be the answer here? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. It literally is a reverse form of the Archie Bunker. You know, uh, won't go to a black doctor. Because he's a bigot. And now we're encouraging it. And that might be all of that might be the answer to everything, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very odd. It is one of the weirdest things when you see uh where everyone talks about, hey, we gotta be more inclusive about everything, but when we go this way, uh, you know, I, I, I want to cook. I want the chef to be black. I want this person to be right. because I want someone that looks like me. Well, that doesn't make any sense because <laughs> everything else around you. And if I were to go to a hospital and say that I this doctor I can't have him I need a white doctor I would get out of I would be get out on, <laughs> on the gurney right out the back door <laughs> uh, I don't I I just I don't understand I just don't they say for many black patients having a black cardiologist creates a feeling of trust and and comfort which sometimes is a challenge due to the medical system's history of racism and mistreatment towards black like like you'd go like a black guy would go to a doctor with a giant lump on his neck and think oh my god what is this and the white doctor because you're black he would say oh it's nothing i see it a lot worse just go home and relax you'll be fine no big deal they're doctors for the love of pete they have a hippocratic oath and, and maybe, uh, look, we all know of the long, decades-long practice of affirmative action in uh, admissions, right? We know that. 
So we know that if there were enough, if there were more black kids that wanted to be cardiologists, they would be there. It's not like racism is keeping out of higher education. That's no longer an excuse. Oh, you know, our racist system. No, for two decades, at least maybe three, there's been a very serious affirmative action admissions program at every Ivy League college, every medical school in America. Yeah, to get more people into those uh, into those industries, into those fields, it's still you. You always go to the person. It's never once have I gone in there and been like, oh well, that's I can't go see the Indian doctor. I can't. I always look and go, okay, this is the supposedly the best cardiologist in the area. That's who I'm going to go see. I don't right. care what their name is. Right. I look at all the, uh, you know, all the letters after his name. I'm impressed by more. Uh, and I go on a recommendation. And, you know, why, why not recruit actively? Maybe, I, you know, maybe they're uh, uh, black medical professionals don't want to be cardiologists. I, I don't know. But to, to say that the problem is that's the problem and, and not other cultural reasons and the sheer percentage of the population they represent. But, you know, have uh, when you're, you know, bored, go search uh, anything. Anybody have the highest rate of, I looked at uh, white people, I looked at Asian people. Everyone has the highest rate of something. And it's not always racism is the uh, is the reason why. Yeah, sometimes <clears throat> just genetically that's the way you're going to be. Right. Asian people have a higher rate of being short. Except my wife got an exception because her mother's uh, Seoul Korea's uh, volleyball team. <laughs> uh, I saw a cyber truck. I was in Austin this weekend. Um, my kid ran a uh, half marathon, and uh, it was cold as hell. I was not prepared. And they had a cyber truck there. We went to get her credentials and get signed up. And uh, they were getting signed up. I was eating a taco across the street because everywhere in Austin is a taco place. Everywhere. Everywhere. I liberated ta- Austin of so many tacos this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I saw one and I got a close-up look. It looks very cool. Very cool. I would, uh, if, you know, if I was uh, had the dough and... and, and was of the mind I'd buy one and had a place for it and use for it because they're cool. And they started like 57 grand, but you can spend about, you know, 95, I think. Interior cool. They had the lid on the bed in the back, shiny everywhere. But apparently the cyber truck, which hasn't been out for, what has it been out? December? I think they first went out to December. Yeah. Some owners are complaining that their cyber trucks are rusting. Uh, on you know, you've probably been on CybertruckOwnersClub.com a All lot. All the time. Yeah. Uh, there is a, a lot of Cybertruck owners are posting close-up photos of little tiny orange spots on their vehicle. He says he drove in the rain for two days and two days only. Um, and they are pretty, pretty tiny and small. And I don't know that it's been addressed, but it kind of looked like and it's it's brushed stainless steel. Uh, stainless steel you find in commercial kitchens all the time in your kitchen at home, but this is a little more brushed, I'd say. Um, and that stuff rusts, believe it or not. Uh, they say they typically develop orange rust sparks in the in the rain that required the vehicle to be buffed out. They say they tried using dish soap to remove the spots were un, unsuccessful. Um, they uh, he said mine had 381 miles on it, and 
was in front of my house. Cold weather, rain, and direct sunlight. I attached to photos. And you, and the photos, you got to get close to see it. Yeah, this guy's going. But that could be uh, some sort of rock kicked up and damaged it, which caused a spot where it can get rusted on. Right, right. I mean, I don't know that it comes out of there. They do offer like five grand a clear film. Uh, five grand extra from the factory uh, for like six, you can get black or white or whatever. Um, and this guy didn't get it, but I don't know. Have the you you left a stainless steel table out in the rain out in the elements after a while, you're going to see some rust on it, right? Yeah, that's a problem. They refer to potentially hazardous out, outside elements, including oil, tree resin, dead bugs, and road salt as culprits that could cause the uh, this type of damage. I mean, is that under warranty? Not, probably not that. Well, what a, what a shame. This one did look cool as hell, though. It's big. Really big. Uh, don't, whatever you do, if you're in Russia, mourn the death of Alexei Navalny. You're going to jail. No. Just Were mourning. Just people like standing on the side of the road just sad? Yeah, or? well, they went to an event uh, mourning him, and, you know, with a, and there was kind of half protest, half mourning. Uh, because he represented a lot to an anti-Putin, growing anti-Putin uh, Russian. Uh, they uh, and so far four hundred have been put in. Uh, I don't know for how long have been arrested and, and jailed uh, uh, for for mourning his death and their claims about his body uh, that. It was bruised, badly bruised, and did not look good. But you said it could be some other one, someone else in uh, that prison. But, you know, it's up in the uh, Siberian whatever. It's an awful place to be. And, yeah, it could be another guy. But I would imagine if you're in there, you're in there with like-minded people that, that, that Putin is likely put away for no real legal reason. And what you would share in, you know, he would be a hero, I would think. In a place like that. It, it's still the worst of the worst criminals uh, that are put in there. Uh, to me, everybody's immediately like, oh, he, he definitely had him killed. But he's, he could have had him killed two years, three years now. He's had the ability to have him killed. Why right. now? What changed at this point uh, other than uh, he actually has more on him right now because of the Tucker Carlson interviews and uh, all the other stuff and the Ukraine war. So why would he kill a political opponent right now just as a show of force to and then it, does he want to accelerate the u.s uh entering into a war against them maybe so uh, is that yeah that's the question it just seems odd that the, the timing of it that they at this point would be the time that he does that when uh, the more of the world spotlight is on him you know this is <clears throat> sadly <laughs> without the death <laughs> His treatment of Navalny has been, you know, that's what you do. This is how you handle your political foes in in countries with the uh, dictators. You jail them and uh, and put them away. Thankfully for uh, Vladimir Putin, their justice system is a little loosey goosey uh, compared to ours, and it's much easier to convict a guy for, you know, whatever. I mean, they tried to poison him. 
with a nerve agent. He survived that. Just to say, if he wanted him dead, he could have easily just uh, sent him to prison and then two days into it, uh, oh, well, the cameras didn't work and he hung himself. Uh, Same reason you keep guys that uh, uh, walked into the Capitol in jail for seven years or, or, the, or you keep them in, the, in jail for three years before they even go to trial. You're trying to show the rest of the world you don't F with us. This is what happens. When you try your little, uh, you know, if you're a Trump supporter and you support him uh, to the point of marching, then this is you're just going to be a prisoner. You know, well, here you're just going to be dead. I mean, he really could put anyone he wanted to in prison anytime he wanted to push them off a cliff outside of an apartment window. You know, yeah, that's that's why to me the timing is very odd uh, it, to, for them to say that it was him who declared like, what did he wake up on Sunday? And he's like, ah, you know what? I want that guy dead today. So uh, kill him. Hmm. Well, his wife left a, who, by the way, is your typical hot Russian lady, uh, Yulia. God, I did a nine-minute, uh, on, Navalny has an official YouTube channel, believe it or not. And blaming Putin for the death of her children's father. She knew why he was killed on Friday while serving uh, in the brutal Arctic penal colony. She said, we know exactly why Putin killed Alexei three days ago. We will tell you about it soon. We will definitely find out who exactly carried out this crime and how exactly. We will name the names and show the faces. And then she will disappear. <laughs> Man. Don't you know liberals here just salivating at the thought of being able to jail a guy and, you know, and then make sure he dies? Uh, the sadly, uh, the finally, the largest ever um, vaccine, COVID vaccine study. The big one, everyone agrees, it's legitimate. There's no, you know, they said, well, there hasn't been enough studies. You say, well, there's been uh, blood clots. And, well, there are no, no, no studies out there. There's no, oh, you're just, you know. Well, uh, they've now been linked to increases in neurological blood, and heart-related conditions in the largest global vaccine safety study to date. Uh, higher risk of elevated inflammation from mRNA shots, heart-related. That's one, a big one. Uh, they also tie to a increased of Julian Barr syndrome, the neurological disorder, where... It attacks peripheral nervous system. More than 3.3, I'm sorry, 13.5 billion doses of the vaccine had been administered in the past three years. A lot of people injured by the shots. Um, New research by Global Vaccine Data Network published in the journal Vaccine. Uh, Last week, data made available via interactive dashboards now show the methodology and the findings, uh, and it's really not good. There are 13 medical conditions they considered adverse events of special interest among 99 million individuals in eight countries. Higher expected cases uh, that came in higher expected cases after the shot. They used the aggregated data, uh, increased the possibility of identifying rare signals that may have been missed. In smaller populations, myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, consistently identified following a first and second jab of MRI. Highest increased to the observed to be expected ratio was a second jab. It was all bad news. Myocarditis, pericarditis, uh, tied to uh, to uh, higher numbers. 
uh, threefold increase in cerebral venous, venous sinus thrombosis, a type of blood clot in the brain identified in 69 events compared with a unexpected 21. The small risk led to the vaccine's withdrawal or restriction in Denmark. Uh, myocarditis also linked to that same dose as well. I mean, it's it's not, there's, I mean, well, I don't know. After they say, oh, it might have saved a million lives. I don't we know that it was worth that. it. We, we, yeah, we can't, we don't know that. We have no idea. Yeah. Spinal cord inflammation. Uh, encephalomitis, inflammation of the swelling of the brain after mRNAs. MRNAs. Uh, seven cases of acute, acute disseminated blah, 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 encephalitis. Encephalitis. Well, uh, exercise tolerance, excessive fatigue, numbness, brain fog are common symptoms. There you have it. You better be vaccinated. Remember how what dumbasses we were? You know, I <laughs> thank God for people out there like uh, Brad, five times August, that keeps it alive. On I mean, that guy is dedicated on, on X. Yeah, he, he brings receipts every day, every single day. And I want you know people let it go, and and I think it's the wrong thing to. Well, you should talk about that. No one's talking about that. Well, there's people still getting the shot, and now you have the largest global study of the bad juju that comes along with it. But I, I you could read. The, are there are a lot of people out in America, sadly, right now that could sit in the waiting room of their doctor, read this study and its results, and happily go in and have another shot and and while i'm here let me get the flu shot i don't know what happened to people you know it just it's some it's working on somebody um we're gonna get to your remarks that can be delivered at the florida man radio app when we return also uh john schneider Allegedly, something ra- said racist about Beyonce's new. It's not that new. How old is her country album? I heard the music this morning, and I almost saw like half her boob when the outfit she was wearing. It made me uh, enjoy the music much more. Yeah, I think it's uh, within the last couple weeks she just re- released it. Well, country people that don't have global reach that she has and billions of dollars to promote, or will probably go. God knows how many awards she'll win with this. Are really upset, like John Schneider. Is he even relevant? Uh, no. Can he still go out with that old uh, Dodge Challenger and, and go to like uh, country fairs and make oh, a couple I'm of sure bucks? He could. He's he probably got a couple of his yeah. garage. All right, hang on. Your remarks as well. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Every year, Steve Faircal climbs the stairs at the John Hancock Center in Chicago, 94 floors to the top. It's called the hustle up the Hancock. It's hard to believe when you watch Steve today that a few years ago, his lungs were failing and he was fighting to survive. For eight hours a day, someone was pounding on my chest to try and keep my lungs clear. I honestly don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received the gift of life, a double lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. After I got my new lungs, I started doing things that I had never been able to do. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. Steve climbs to honor his donor and to raise awareness for organ, eye, and tissue donation. Wouldn't you like that when you left this beautiful planet that you could save a few lives on your way out? It's an incredible gift. Imagine what you could make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. I think um, I don't doubt Beyonce's ability to 
bonker. You know, she's kind of. Uh, I think Taylor's the white Beyonce. Maybe I don't know. Without the big booty. Yeah, I mean they're they're both titans of their industry, and they both dabbled in different genres. Yeah, and uh, apparently Beyonce's. And I'm not the you know I'm not knocking her music at all. Here's a little uh, a sampling, if you will. This is her uh, country music. <laughs> I think Jess, Jason Aldean's about to start singing. All right. This ain't Texas. Beyonce with a country track behind her. Yeah. You could take that same song and throw a, a more hip hop sound a sound behind it and people wouldn't it would be pretty much the same. Probably so. But you know, she wants to dabble in it, see if she gets any uh That's hits my out next of it. question. Do you think she uh sells a a, a ton of these albums? I think she will because Beyonce fans are rabid and they don't care. Uh, she could come out and fart into a mic for an hour and people would buy that album. So it doesn't grow her audience uh, uh, with a bunch of, I don't know who buys her music currently now, men and women, probably both. It's, it's just more people that, there, there's not going to be a person that turns on the country station and happens to play it. And I know there's been some fight on that too because there's been some country stations where like, they, it's Beyonce, I'm not playing it because she's not a country singer. And then they get blown up on their on their request lines and their phone lines from the Beyonce fans like, why aren't you playing it? And they're going, well, you don't listen to our station anyway. Why would you think we're going to, all of a sudden oh, we're going to start playing you, this? You're gonna, uh, you, you think a current fan base is calling their country station oh, and saying, hey, why don't you play the new Beyonce song? And they said, because she's not a uh, country singer. Yeah. Oh, that's happening. Uh, there was one in Oklahoma that had that. Uh, apparently, they got basically taken. Their phone lines had to be taken offline because they were getting so many calls. They got blowed up. Uh, it, it's, it's whatever. I mean, if you like it, I don't think you're going to play it on a country station. There's going to be a bunch of people who are like, oh, I got to buy all old Beyonce's old albums now. Yeah, I suppose. I don't hear a lot of country people talking about it, you know, um, for because, no, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just their demeanor, um, except for John Schneider, former Dukes of Hazzard star, who says, you know, I know a little something about country music. <laughs> he has some country albums out there. Uh, he allegedly, so he did say, um, they've got to make their mark just like a dog at a dog park. You know, every dog is to mark every tree, right? So that's what's going on here. Referring to her, of course, she's, I don't know, she's been an R&B hit for sure. She's been a uh, a rap hit, I would suppose, maybe yeah. a hip-hop hit. And now she's doing some country radio, um, uh, I guess. The anchor, Ash Schneider, his thoughts on fans blowing up the Oklahoma radio station he said the lefties in the entertainment industry, they won't leave any area alone, right? They just have to seize control over every aspect, don't they? It's it's about money. She wants to put it out there just like Garth Brooks sang an emo rock album. Yeah. <laughs> what was his name? Chris Gaines. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was not very successful for him at all, was it? No, but he It was somewhat of an embarrassment, it. yeah. You know, he wanted to... You know, that was when uh, bands like Hootie and the Blowfish and Matchbox 20 and things like that were big. So he thought he was going to get into that industry. 
Then he could do a little bit of kind of that, uh, you know, late 90s uh, pop rock type of thing going on. People aren't very happy about uh, John Schneider. One said, ah, he just went after Beyonce for peeing on his tree. I'm here for the schooling he's about to get. One said, John Schneider was born in New York, moved to Atlanta at the age of 14. Just because he slapped on some Levi's and pretended to be Southern for four years later, uh, four years of Dukes of Hazard doesn't make him an expert on what is and isn't country. He's a racist jackass. Little Oz dipped in the country, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where he started it before he went into uh, the gay devil sex uh, rabbit. (laughs) Um, That station, KYKC, uh, told one caller, we don't play Beyonce, we are a country music station, and now they're mad. The refusal to play those songs raises concerns about the, na- the station's stance on artists of color. Whether intentional or not, such action contributes to the narrative of racial bias within the country community. I don't know. I always go back to Charlie Pride, you know. I mean, uh, old Hootie himself has been in the country music game for, uh, for almost it. 15 years yeah. now. Set that little drug charge he just recently. He'll probably uh, no good yeah, deal. I mean... When what national bathroom you not been in and gotten offered a little cocaine? Not one. Yeah. Except for uh, Ted Nugent. He only offered me venison <laughs> of uh, backstrap venison. Uh, one guy said, "Look, we're a small station, a small market. We're not in a position to break an artist or help it that much. So it has little uh, to chart a little bit higher before us to add." Okay, say so he said it's not charting high enough. It yeah. There's not a music station around uh, that if it gets enough play enough requests, they'll play it. And if it gets too much heat, then they'll take it off. The, that's how they're they're going. They uh, if it gets too much, where people are like, oh, I'm not going to listen to your station where they'll take it off. And then if a bunch of people are like, oh, I'm not going to listen to your station, let's play <laughs> right, it. Right. They both put it back on again. It's a lot better than listening to Hands on Your Knees over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the name is, I don't even know the name of that song. That's all I hear. Hands on their knees. I'm like, oh. They said they love Beyonce. We play her on our other top forty station, but we're not playing her on our country station yet because it just came out. Just relax. I mean, are there really are there a bunch of Beyonce fans that are going to sit through all of the Carrie Underwoods and the Jason Aldean songs throughout the day uh, to get to that one Beyonce song? Right. It doesn't do much to uh, help their cum or or anything like that. It might it might be you know, it might you know what if they did it and they had a you know they had a bad book bad ratings book followed i don't know it's a small market i don't know what market in oklahoma it is it oklahoma city but it rated a couple times a year um no that's a big market i think uh they think hey okay we played it now what do you want us to do fall on a sword now but i don't mind it yeah if it's popular people will play it it sounds to me like a, a canned uh, country song that you could have put any person on behind it and it would have just been you it would have been all right we didn't know there was a bad word Beyonce. in there. Beyonce, a poo-poo word. <laughs> All right, let's get to the remarks, shall we, from t- the Florida Man radio app and powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. The app is your direct highway to commenting upon the topics of the day. Also, to listen to the this show in its uh, uh, commercial-free state after the live program. It's always up there on the podcast. Hit the little microphone button. There we go. Hey, remember on Thursday when I was like, 
y'all better get ready for me being drunk on Friday. And y'all was like, uh, we're not working on Friday. And we'll get, check this ass out. Um, it's Monday. I took, I took Monday off. Ha <laughs> ha! You got us there, buddy. <laughs> Shando, J and PA. They should call them dancers from New York City to beef feeder dancers. <laughs> it's a big gals there, baby. Yeah, you expect them to come out and do a dance for a sandwich place, you know? <laughs> hey, we're opening up a new cheesesteak joint. Bring the dancers out. <laughs> hey, guys. Happy Monday. Farley up here in uh, Oakloose Island. Um, just one question, you guys. Are we ever going to get, how are we going to get paid back from Ukraine? It's just a one-way street. It's just throwing money down a rabbit hole. Um, I don't see how, what are they going to pay us back in? Uh, Ukrainianladies.com, uh, more grain, more wheat. I don't get it. I mean, it's just a worthless cause. Sorry, Russia's going to take what it wants. How many times have we ever lent people money? Uh, also, we get the exclusive contracts to rebuild and put also uh, more contractors out there for defense contract stuff. Yeah. And Clinton Construction gets all the bids. Hey, guys. Biggest thing with uh, Biden not sending over those shells, you can't launder those. Got to send cash for it to get washed and come back into their pockets. B2B2. True. Shando, did you cover the cops down there in Florida at open fire on a suspect that they had handcuffed in their cop car? Yes. That was not armed. An acorn fell on the on the cop yes, car. Yes, I know. And if you listened to the Shannon Burke show, you would have known that we had a great, fun. What, what day was that? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Go back and listen to Thursday. Last Thursday's show, we had we had a lot of fun with that topic. Very good. And and, and apparently the internet is as well now. <laughs> as deserved. As deserved. The word thug has been misused like the new word we have to say now, which is also very true, neighbor. That word, if you looked it up years ago, was somebody that could not spell, read, do math. They were totally illiterate. Could not help themselves. They signed with an X. Well, a thug probably might have been able to spit read a little bit. Or they could be massively able to read. I don't know. But it can tend to the same meaning. Idiot. All right. It's the mayor making the comparison, not the governor. That's what I... The mayor made the comparison? The governor made the comparison. I read that. I'll dig it up as I continue to play here. Todd Daytona. You know... You think they can't get any dumber, and then they go and piss off the truckers, the people that deliver 70 to 80% of goods everywhere. Man, I don't get it. Just like most people don't even know how the farmers are revolting in Germany, yeah. in France, in the UK, but that's a whole other story. B2B2. What they do is, I don't need to go to the grocery store. I just get it on Amazon. <laughs> Uh, Kansas City mayor accused the governor of using a racial dog whistle. It was the governor that used the racial dog whistle, not the mayor. Thank you. Todd Daytona. So when you think about a Lincoln, you think about the Italian mob. My weekend car is a 1989 Lincoln town car. 
it's pretty, and it's mean. Um, mostly it makes me think about, I don't know, maybe the Irish mob. It's my heritage. Beta, beta. I drive a, a, a mid uh, <laughs> a dictator's vehicle. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back. Don Miller can tell you about the gentleman that is in trouble for going to the school and spanking the children. He did not even work there. I can't remember the rest of the details. Yeah, but it was a, a pastor, a local parents pastor. Were very upset with this gentleman and wanted something done about it. Yeah, you still have to sign, uh, like, a, give a release that says that you can, they can do it, and also it has to be an employee. Not unless okay. God wants your ass yeah. whooped, then the pastor is going to whoop your ass. That's just it. Hey, paddling's not that bad as long as you remember to tuck the nuggets. Beat a beat Always tuck the nuts. <laughs> Let me get this correct, when you hear the word thug, you think of Italian people? Well, some of my friends up here in the North End wouldn't take too kindly to that. I've never seen any of them wearing a gold chain that said thug life around their neck. Maybe we should come down to Florida and grab some of the boys from Southie. They make it a mix and greet, you know. We come down there and have a meet and greet with you. Hey, everybody. Oh. Nothing against uh, Italians. I was raised by a bunch of them. Bitch, I told you I was going to do it. I bet you. you, I was dead. I grew up in the Florida school system, and back in the 80s, they would always give you the option they would call the parent and say do you want a few days of suspension from school or do you want a paddle and my dad would always say give him the paddle coach nice they'll call home and ask your permission might whoop your kid's ass oh they ask you do you have the choice <laughs> uh yeah i would say i'm gonna whoop your kid's ass unless you want to come up here and do it yourself oh here we go shannon clearly you don't understand that the uh, Webster's Dictionary was written by white people, so henceforth the definition of the word thug is clearly a whistle call. I think that a lot of people have adopted, uh, you know, obviously the rap thing, they adopted the term thug. Yeah, and it was thug kinda, life. Yeah, thug life. It's a very popular tattoo. Maybe I can already hear your retort every now you dare say you'd undo your shirt and every show them your sopranos area tattoo every that wouldn't work either with these guys every because once we saw your nipples every we just go crazy God bless. <laughs> it is actually pretty funny the trucker chicago ray who was organizing the boycott has backed down and made a major u-turn saying i'm just a trucker who heard some chatter He's been asked to go on several podcasts as well as joining a GoFundMe in which he declined. Yep, typical Trump supporter. 
Spankings are the best thing. It's in the Bible. Discipline. You got to discipline your children. God tells you to discipline your child to keep them holy. It's the way it is of land and the life. I can tell oh, you from kindergarten all the way up until my high school years, I got spanked with a paddle. Kindergarten was with the ruler. If the ruler was not enough, I got the paddle. Some paddles were solid. Some paddles had holes. In them. Okay. Uh, the, uh, I would say, if you want to call them Trump supporters, they did a number on Bud Light. You know? I think that guy doesn't want to be the leader of the of the trucker boycott. And the trucker boycott might not happen, might not materialize. But. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. I think there are a lot of people that talked about it, and then they also remembered it. They still got to feed their kids. So, um, I'm not. My daughter asked me some money to go to New York City. I said, "Nope." Well, how about uh, South Carolina? How about Myrtle Beach? Pick somewhere else. Can we all just agree that in the United States, you're not going to have every single person you come in contact be the same race as you? I mean, seriously, that is very racist to say that you want your doctor to be a certain color, your color, your anything. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. This is America, man. You want an all black doctor? There's plenty of countries that everybody's black. There's plenty of countries where everybody's white. There's plenty of countries where everybody's Hispanic, if that's what you really want. But this is the USA, baby. We do. Imagine I had a doctor. I demanded a doctor just like me, and it literally was just like me. Some tatted up dude, you know, with some gaudy biker jewelry on. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta take these off for the colonoscopy, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's really gonna hurt. <laughs> I'm gonna need that ring back, sir, before, I, before you leave. And then we'd finish your visit with a shot, you know, of uh, Jameson for you. I said, show the road. <laughs> Imagine if I was your white doctor. <laughs> I would I, I would go to a doctor uh, who you know is not a who is first a doctor. <laughs> Todd Daytona, and on that day, Shender looked up. Black people have a high rate of dot dot dot, and that's where he lost the Don Miller crowd. And also, the sisters were still looking for him. I think Don Miller crowd would would appreciate it. I'm a cardiology patient because of a heart defect. And personally, I uh, prefer older, white, Jewish doctors. They they work the hardest and they continue studying. They're up to date on all their research and they uh, they seem to be the best. (laughs) It's a good endorsement right there. Write that down if I have a heart problem. I'll let my wife start looking for old Jews. <laughs> what? Well, I hope that trucker Chicago Ray has a, some means of putting um, some appropriate pressure on any drivers who are thinking about not participating in this boycott. And I know New York will probably do something stupid like retaliate with higher tolls on trucks or something like that. Uh, it's going to get ugly up here because if you got to go anywhere in New England... You basically have to go through New York. We got to start supporting these truckers. Stop buying products from New York City. Beat a beat them. What do they? What do you? What do you get from New York City? Don Natona. Yeah, I know it's number four. Suck it, Star Trek guy. But brain fog, brain fog. Isn't that what Joe versus the volcano was diagnosed of? Brain fog. <clears throat> That's true. Good afternoon. Great show. Austin from Tampa. 
So Don Miller went over that story a couple of times about the pastor whooping, um, whooping the kids at the school. Um, if I'm correct, I don't think he worked there. I think one of the teachers yeah, or the workers at the school called him or the church and said, yeah, my classroom has been acting up. So he went over there, lined them all up in the line, and whooped all of them, apparently. Yeah. We talked about it as well. Once again, here we go on a Monday, fellas. Love the show. But even after a bowl, I find myself saying again, we shot Redcoats for a lot less than this. That's the truth. By the way, I in no ways at all does that mean that we should revolt against the U.S. government. Thank you. Star Trek guy here. If Beyonce farts into a mic, I'll buy that. I'm just looking forward to Randy Travis's hip-hop album that's coming out. <laughs> I heard it's lit. Hope he keeps his clothes on this time. <laughs> Man, you don't make fun of Chris Gaines. You just don't. He's, he's an artist. Did he think he was going to trick people? Or did uh, everyone knew from the beginning it was him? I think everyone knew from the beginning it was him. I don't know if it was maybe he thought he was going to trick some people. Uh, I mean, it was kind of before you could really, uh, uh, if someone came out and you're like, Chris Gaines, who's this new guy? Right. He looks a lot like Garth Brooks in a bad wig. <laughs> There's always been an argument within fans about artists moving around genre um but not so with singers of course singers are just singing material they're interpreting a tune they're not uh oh gosh um be becoming uh icons with things to say so you know i think that's the argument sometimes yes i loaned some money to moose and squirrel they never pay me back. Sheesh. What a deal. Crooks. Uh, uh, Shando, uh, Easy, and Heather. This is Mohammed352. <laughs> Play Beyonce or I'll kill you! I'm guessing Beyonce is going to be on parallel with Bubba Wallace. Uh, you know, Darius Rucker crossed over. That was a genuine effort. And he's actually good. She's just trying to horn in and, and be a toxin to uh, southern slash country culture. It's appropriation. B -b 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 it, it would be called the other way around, right? Very few rappers aren't a call appropriators that are white. Eminem's not. This is blank. Someone butt dialed us. Ah, yes, thugs. <laughs> comes from the uh, Indian Thuggy, who was a group of uh, roving murderers who centuries ago in India existed. I think they still do. All right. I get it that the governor called them thugs, but it was the mayor that compared thugs to his people, not the governor. Oh. Well, you didn't... Uh... You didn't say it that way before. Celebrating President's Day is like celebrating you've got herpes. That's what I said. I, I did say that the 
that the the governor didn't compare him than the black people. He just said they were thugs. All right, I'll drop it right now. Hey, Shannon. I got a question for Liberal Larry. Uh, who do you support? I mean, do you support Biden? Because uh, if so, please tell me why. And let's get this on the record. That's a good question. He sure hates Trump. He, he doesn't support it. He yeah. just, he's anyone with Trump. All right. Uh, we're getting dark when we get back? Uh, we're talking about death again. More death? Yeah, yeah. This one's accidental ones, but some of them are super wacky. I love it. All right, hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Roxanne Watson is on a mission. Hello, how are you doing today? She wants more people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors. Are you an organ donor? Yes, I am. Yay! My goal is to sign up the most people in the United States. <laughs> what drives her? Roxanne's own life was saved through the gift of a heart transplant, made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day that I was going to devote myself to the cause of organ donation and signing people up and honoring my donor by doing that. Now she's back to health, and she's a powerful force, helping to save lives every day through her work. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Eight people can be helped with the major organs, and up to 50 people can be helped with a little bit of everything. And when you think about it that way, that you could help that many people, it's amazing, it really is. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. No matter who we are or where we come from, we all experience difficulties in life. Military veterans know that sometimes it takes strength and determination to make it through. Whether it's physical challenges or struggles on the inside, it takes strength to ask for help when you need it. Learn how veterans like us have reached out for help and hear stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. They have now stationed a Secret Service agent at the base of the steps of Air Force One. Uh, these are the small steps because he's not using the large steps anymore. He has to take a humiliating walk to the back of the plane through the press corps, and he still has to be the first guy off the plane, right? Or do they get the press corps off so he's not humiliated by them? Probably that was probably what they do. Um, but for the first time, they have noticed a Secret Service agent has been stationed at the bottom of the stairs as an extra precaution in case uh, uh, President shovels a lot, has another another fall. So he's got to sit there and like, okay, he's got, he's pretty steady. So, but it, I mean, if he starts tripping, do, does he have to run up there and grab him immediately? Yeah, you can't let it boop. Although there, I don't know the, how many, I mean, the other ones have got a couple of flights involved. So, uh, yeah, the short ones don't have much to it, but I guess maybe it'll like, hurt. his job's there to catch him. Like, all right, come on. <laughs> yeah, before he hits the ground, <laughs> he's had a series of stumbles. Uh, he's been taking the shorter stairs. Uh, rather than descending the majestic, uh, grand uh, staircase that most presidents do, um, he's you know, it's a it's a tough sell when you've got I don't know how many people out there trying to convince you that he this president is all there and he is a hundred percent. To me, it's a tough sell to because look, we, people know and they notice when. Suddenly, there's a new guy, 
at the base of the steps, and we all know why he's there. He's there in case the president falls again. But here's some footage of everybody. Oh, that's not right. I had a uh, montage. Intensely probing and detail-oriented and focused. This is a man who is sharp, who is on top of his game, who knows what's going on. This guy's tough. He's smart. He's on his game. His mental acuity is great. This is a very sharp president. This is a man that's on his game. It goes on and on. Okay, but then we also had to have a put a catcher at the base of the steps to prevent the man from hitting the, the tarmac. Mm-hmm. He's had the least amount of uh, interviews with reporters of any president in modern era. Uh, he has to have cue cards that, that has the reporter's name. And he on still has up, right? Um, what are the odds that he takes an honest fall? And you know who was it? Uh, McConnell put him out of, out of out of business for a while. He had to do some therapy. Uh, or uh, he tripped on a, on a carpet or a, something at a hotel. Um, who was it that hit his eye? He's retired. Uh, was it Harry Reid? Allegedly, his wife didn't punch him. It was actually him hitting a piece of exercise equipment when he was, you know, at the gym at 80 years old. I mean, we almost lost uh, W over a pretzel nugget. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> at a coffee table. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's, you know, Falling off the bicycle, climbing up the stairs, falling down, not knowing where to go, falling on the stage, hitting a sandbag. Just really, uh, now you got to go. Why not just put, why not just get him a slide, you know, and let him wee down the slide <laughs> and, and have two two Secret Service guys put his arm out and they catch him. Uh-huh. And then a third one's there with an ice cream cone every time. <laughs> let him know he did a good job. And then Jill's there, come on this way, this way. <laughs> Uh, we're all just being played. They see the president, uh, presidential experts have ranked Biden. A recently survey, a survey conducted by a panel of experts specializing in the American presidency. Boy, that really already to me rings uh, true and, 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 and unbiased in any way. Oh, yeah. No, these guys are experts on the American presidency. I Sure. Well, they're experts. We ought to believe them. Uh, the 2024 Presidential Greatness Project, uh, Project Expert Survey has been conducted. And it won't surprise you that President, former President Trump is dead last. Dead last. Behind, behind a guy who was president <laughs> for 30 days. <laughs> and even he's up three spots. Because I think it was Buchanan was, uh, was the next one. Um. Yeah, Buchanan. And then LBJ. I mean, G.W. Bush is 32. Calvin Coolidge, 34. Nixon, 35. Uh, and then you get up into, um, let's do 10th uh, is Kennedy, of course. Oh, sorry, LBJ is, uh, well, previous Johnson. And uh, not LBJ. He's nine. Eisenhower, eight. Down one. Obama, up Nine, now uh, last year up up uh, no up up nine this year, yeah. From the last time they did the survey last year, which uh, again I have no idea what, what he did as a president that got him boosted nine spots over some people that have been dead for a hundred years. Um, FDR is up one now at number two. George Washington now down one at number three. Wow, 
Number one, Lincoln. Washington had a tough year last year, though. I get it. <laughs> Why are we adjusting other ones instead of, you know what I mean? It just that. Well, just, if you, we've all of a sudden, uh, as experts, we have reviewed uh, uh, President Fillmore's uh, presidency once again, and we decided to downgrade him by two spots. We're, as experts, we're constantly... Yeah, that's why I don't trust an expert. If you didn't do it the first time right, then you're not an expert. If you had to adjust it where you're like, ooh, you know, we put Washington a little too high, we need to move FDR up one. Uh, in The only time you should be adjusting is every new president gets put in a slot into another spot. Biden, they've already put at number 14. Yeah, the... Worst uh, uh, popularity rating of all time, and just throw them in there at 14. Wow. Where are the experts? I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta really <laughs> go with the experts. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. Uh, I thought this was really interesting. When not when not most existential threat, not what's uh, killing uh, America, but what is your worst nightmare? Uh, global poll of attitudes um, deeply divides American society. With Democrats say that their worst nightmare, their biggest fear, the biggest threat to the nation is extreme weather and forest fires. The biggest threat ever. They are consumed by it. Uh, they survey 12,000 people. Republicans, on the other hand, say they fear and their worst nightmare, and they think the biggest threat is China or Iran. Independents cite the danger of cyber attacks. But how telling is that? When it comes to what scares you the most, what's the biggest threat, what's the worst nightmare, you think it's extreme weather? Yeah, forest fires. Not war. Forest fires. You're scared to death. You're not concerned about a growing threat from China uh, or Iran or the growing economic crisis or the uh, invasion that the currently that the country is currently experiencing from south of the border. It's 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 forest fires. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that are almost 90 percent set by an arsonist and not nature itself. <laughs> yeah, most recorded ones as of late have been said by somebody, not caused by, uh, 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 you know, spontaneous combustion due to high amounts of CO2. And just the extreme brutal heat. That's, that does kind of illustrate the, <laughs> the difficulties that the two parties have coming together to meet the needs of all. Or one party's done a super great job of fake newsing somebody into, you know, kids having nightmares, waking up, screaming down a hallway to mommy because they thought, because they're crying about global warming, allegedly. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let's get dark. Yeah, let's do that. It's disturbing history with EZ. There's a lot of history out there. Some of it isn't in the books. Did someone uh, say death? Yes. Oh, look out. Oh, there we go. Wait, well, Mothman, have you been enjoying a little uh, extra alcohol for the weekend, too? <laughs> yeah, Mothman is still drunk uh, from the weekend. Big 500 fan? Huge. It's the accent. I'm waiting. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I think I beat, you know, not that I'm morbid. 
You got one Earnhardt, so. Yeah, I was there for that one. Luckily, I was there in the pits. Oh, but, like I said, death comes for us all. And sometimes death has a sense of humor because there's times that when you die, you go out in a weird, unusual way. and Sometimes it's hilarious. It's not when you they die. in your bed uh, clutching your family's hands as you peacefully pass away. Sometimes it's from you being choked to death by a fish. Hilarious. Yeah, it's always funny. Back in 2016, Tanzanian fisherman, Mr. Robert Mawagia. Probably mispronounced that, but my Tanzanian is just not all that great lately. You're dead on. Yep, he was 47 years old, and a few friends of his had spent the day catching a healthy number of a fish native to Tanzania. It's the Petridge. Many of which were still alive and flopping around. when it's prepared correctly. Oh, yeah, a little citrus glaze on top of it. Uh, they were flopping around the basin of their feet. Suddenly, one fish gave an extra-spirited flop, which sent it flying straight into the air and straight into Robert's open mouth. We laughed and laughed and laughed. As Robert's stunned fans watched, uh, fan, friends watched helplessly, the fish quickly wriggled its way down Robert's throat and into his chest. The man now has a lung fish. In his lung. Mm-hmm. The irony. Uh, as one of the men... Bluntly put it, he said, we tried to assist him, but we couldn't do much about it. They didn't do the uh, Heimlich on him. Uh, well, I don't know if that works for this fish. Yeah, he <laughs> inhaled it. Uh, amazingly, Robert did survive the journey to the hospital, despite barely being able to breathe because of the fish in his lungs. Flopping around in there like a flounder. Uh, he expired. His doctors were ready to perform an emergency surgery, which they did anyway to remove the fish from his chest. I hope they took the fish back to the water and put him <laughs> back in. Uh, I believe they gave it to his widow for uh, the funeral. He should have smoked a a heater right there on the boat, killed the fish. Uh, A local village leader, he described the event as unprecedented. I think to this day, uh, (laughs) I knew a kid that choked to death in a a goldfish swallowing contest. Tragic. Down the wrong tube. I don't know that they made it to his lung. Uh, Do you remember uh, cellist Mike Edwards? Do I? Mm -hmm. Of the uh, British rock brand uh, ELO? The uh, Electric Light Orchestra is probably uh, one of his greatest achievements was he was a founding member of them, in which he played from 1972 to 1975. But the 62-year-old had been retired to living in the rural life in recent years when a mishap at a local farm caused his untimely death in 2010. And you think farming is dangerous. Are we thinking a tractor? Or he maybe? probably got wrapped up in the bailing system or something. Uh, close. It was hay that killed him. See, Edwards was driving past a farm when the farmer somehow lost control of their bales of hay. The bale, which weighs about 1,300 pounds and 12 feet in diameter, had been resting on an incline when, for unknown reasons, it decided to roll down the hill. It gathered speed, creamed over a hedge, and deposited itself directly on top of Edwards' moving van, crushing it and him almost instantly he should have like uh, been driving something with a roll bar, I think, at the time. <laughs> An investigation was conducted in the incident, and the farmers were eventually cleared of any wrongdoing. You could kill one ELO member. The timing, you know, they didn't do it on purpose. You had to be a scientist to figure out the exact time and the physics. Well, I was a lucky one. Cryotherapy. Becoming the new health craze for the relief of muscle and joint pain. Uh, it's similar to an ice bath, except that the participants are treated to two to three minutes blast of super cooled air inside a cylindrical chamber with the head at the top. Everybody, you've seen them before, yeah. yeah. What do they? Oh, what do they call the fat melting one? You want to see shrinkage? That's that's cold. Uh, while the supposed health benefits are questionable, 
The practice comes under new scrutiny after a freak accident which occurred around Halloween 2015. Uh, Chelsea Aki Salvacion, 24. She worked at the Las Vegas Spa where the incident took place and decided to do a quick treatment for uh, after hours. You know, maybe had a date yeah, that night. you know, freeze it up a little bit. Mm-hmm, yeah, tighten out. the sides a little bit. The problem is she did it alone. Never cryovac yourself alone. No, although the details are unclear, it appears that she lost consciousness and was found dead the next day. Frozen. Completely solid like a popsicle. Oh, it took her days to thaw her out, I bet. Uh... She was found by her co-worker. They tossed her in the hot tub right next to it. They yeah. put it in there. Well, you push her right, right over out. to the steam room and yeah. thaw her back out. According to the county coroner, Chelsea died from asphyxia due to low levels of oxygen because, you know, she was frozen. Yeah, that happens when you, you got real low levels of oxygen when you're frozen. Uh, this one, I'm, I'm going to tell some people that uh, maybe are cooking that uh, this one's going to be 2012. Edward Archibald. He was 32. He wanted a python very badly. The owner of the Ben Siegel... Just because you can get one doesn't mean you need... I've been to too many places. Well, the owner of the Ben Siegel Reptile Store in Florida was giving away a python to a lucky contestant who could eat the most cockroaches. That was a great promotion. As it was a reptile store, they had a surplus of cockroaches. I guess the, uh, they were coming... It was calling up that day. You're like, all right, we got to get rid of these cockroaches. Yeah. So. <laughs> Can't get enough snakes uh, fed, so let's get some It was also things. bring in your house's cockroaches for some free snake food day for uh, other people. Well, Edward really wanted this python and was winning against the other 30 competitors when something went terribly wrong. It seems he simply tried to stuff too many live cockroaches down his throat at once. <sighs> Before anyone could administer any aid, Edward asphyxiated on a mouthful of cockroaches. Live cockroaches. Yep. Oh, while the store's owners obviously felt terrible... They said, uh, we'll give your family this free uh, bus snake, anywho. Uh, they did have an iron tight. Uh, uh, they had to sign and, something? And, yeah, of course yeah. they did. All contestants had previously signed a waiver, accepting responsibility for their participation. In so the we shooting. gave the snake to the guy that ate the second most. <laughs> yeah. These kids don't even get the snake. <laughs> that was a bad day for Fred's snake barn, I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I don't, you know, we talked about being on the farm, and you again think of farming equipment, or now we have to worry about just bales of hay coming down out of the sky and crushing you. But sometimes it could just be an entire cow. Ooh. And that's exactly what happened to one Brazilian, João Mari de Souza. In 2013, he was sleeping peacefully in his bed next to his wife when just such a cow crashed through the roof of his house and fell directly on top of him. How did the cow get in the air? Uh, unfortunately, the couple's house backed up to a steep hill. The 3,000-pound cow, which had liberated itself from a nearby farm, is thought to have used this hill to access the roof because few other explanations could be make any sense. So literally, the cow walked up one side of the hill. And fell down. And fell down the other side of the Stupid hill. Stupid cow. And came right crashing down. He should sue. Uh, the corrugated steel roof did not hold up for long, and Mr. D'Souza died the next day from his injuries. Incredibly, though, Mrs. D'Souza and the cow Got a free... Uh, Free beef forever. Nope, the cow was completely uninjured, and uh, Mrs. D'Souza and the cow are living happily afterwards. So <laughs> maybe it might have been a cow hit. It's a wonderful way to go that way. Uh, while many tourists have met their untimely end over on the other side of the coast in Disneyland, virtually all such incidents can be due to flouting of safety regulations on part of the deceased, or just like a lot of people have heart attacks over there. In uh, Japan, so- yeah, they. Well, this one was at Disneyland in California. Uh, not so for the accident that befell tourist Luan V. Dawson. Oh, yeah. He was a Washington software engineer visiting the park while his family with his family on Christmas Eve 1998. 
and his death is believed to be the first at the Disneyland Park caused by operator error. The family was waiting to board the Columbia, a replica of the 18th century ship, and one of the park's tamest rides. The ride's operator, who was also severely injured, failed to dock the ship properly, and a metal cleat pulled loose from the ship. Under high tension, it sailed through the air and struck Dawson squarely in the face, killing him instantly. Oh, right in the face. Yeah. It's hard to deny that, otherwise you can't die on a Disney property. Yeah. Well, when your face is bashed in, it's hard to it's deny. It's got, like, the full cleat with it. It was one of those hidden Mickey cleats, too, so just, like, oh, the Mickey Mouse right shape the, right there. Yeah. Uh, afterward, the park officials came under criticism for cleaning up the accident scene before the police arrived. Come on, man. That's the uh, standard operating procedure. Uh, but it's actually more likely because the Also, keep this ride running. Don't slow it down. we got people back here. Well, exactly. They're in line. Because the police took four hours to get there. Well, it's a long drive, you know. Yeah, the then you got to park it there, yeah. and you got to walk and take, take the, the tram. The tram yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, the incident resulted in a full-time police station being installed in the park. And a big fat settlement for Luan, Fam, Dam, the, the, mm. the people who got, you know, lost the face. So, Back in sure. 2015, Jean Louis Juan, he was 30 years old, was enjoying the, uh, was, uh, excuse me, she was 30 years old, was enjoying a day at the mall with her two-year-old son in the China's Hubei province when she was killed in a bizarre, grisly accident. As she descended the escalator, the bottom floor paneling that concealed its inner workings suddenly gave away. Thinking quickly, she did toss her toddler to a nearby mall employee, getting him safe. It was a split second before she disappeared into the churning machinery of the escalator. Oh, ground her right up. Yeah. Yeah. Another employee attempted to grab her, but the incident simply happened too fast. Horrified onlookers could do nothing but watch as the woman was sucked into the escalator's inner workings. Apparently, the escalator had just undergone maintenance, and workers had failed to secure the floor plate afterwards. Uh, Firefighters needed... Four hours to disable the machine and retrieve the woman's remains. Um, yeah, and then you had to clean up. You can't leave that on the, the on the track. Except for the ones that got to the top of the stairs again. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, I won't work to that. Don't look, kids. That's guts. Good night, kids. Sorry, you had to see those guts <laughs> today to go at the, uh, at the at the store, but uh, uh, India things happen. It's well known. Does not have the greatest roads, or. Like Anything. Yeah, they have the great nothing in there. Uh, one night in 2015, a crew was repairing a particularly damaged road in New Delhi when they failed to notice a critical detail. At the bottom of the hole they were filling in was a local farm worker whose name was Latori Barman. He had passed out drunk and therefore failed to notice that the crew was asphalting over him. They don't waste time. But, you know, they're working... They're getting paid by the hour, not the job. Well, at the some job, point, though, he hour. apparently did because the workers flattened the patch with a steamroller and went about their business. Nobody knew anything was amiss until the next day when Latori had somehow managed to partially progress in extracting himself and a part of his arm was visibly sticking out of the freshly laid road. It was determined that he had suffocated and two of the workers responsible were charged with culpable homicide. Just an arm sticking out of the Maybe road. Maybe they didn't yeah. see him there. Yeah. You know? Poor guy almost made it out, too. <laughs> Uh, in India still, in 2007, Surindi Singh Badwaja, the deputy mayor of New Delhi, of course, uh, was enjoying a quiet night at home when he was disrupted by a pest infestation. Mm. Uh, however, these were not the type of pests that most are accustomed to because Bajwa was suddenly dealing with a large pack of angry rhesus monkeys that had somehow gained entry into oh, his house. Oh, they were angry. Some of them got the herpes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While nuisance monkeys are a known issue in New Delhi, 
My God, you can be buried in the road and also be attacked by nuisance monkeys. It's rough. It's <laughs> rough in India. That's why they, so many of them live here. Uh, this particular pack was spoiling for a fight, forcing Bajwa into his balcony. Although the details are unclear, it appears that the pack followed him onto his balcony and pushed him over the edge. That's right. Straight up monkey murder. Monkey murder. They don't play these monkeys. They get mad at you. They don't play human games. Or they do play the human games. Uh, I he, saw one with a gun once. He died at the hospital of injuries from his fall. Uh, the monkeys, how are they doing? They made it okay. Uh, they're pretty good, actually. Coincidentally, uh, Bajwa's uh, political party had recently come under criticism for failing to take proper steps to rid the city of said monkeys. There's no justice for the monkeys. Even though that sounds to me like the monkeys knew that the guy maybe was getting rid of them. They sent out a monkey hit and monkeyed him over the... They're smarter, I think, than we think they are. <laughs> and finally, 2010, Maria de Jesus Arroyo. She was 80. She was rushed to Los Angeles Hospital after suffering a heart attack. Doctors were unable to revive her, but it actually got worse from there. So the next worse morning, than a heart attack. Yep. And not only worse than a heart attack where you're declared dead, the next morning, lab technicians found her in the body bag in which she had been sealed, which was inside a freezer compartment. Cold. The bag, however, was partially open. And Maria was face down, which she had not been the night before. Also, her nose was broken and her face was riddled with cuts, which had also previously not been the case. That's right. Maria was not dead, but sealed inside a body bag inside a cooler. She fought hard to get out of that thing, too. It was initially thought that her body had not been handled properly after death, but an examination by doctors revealed that she had been alive at the time of her injuries. It seems that Maria had the severe unfortunate misfortune of dying twice that night, once in the presence of doctors, and once Once alone, cold as hell in the in freezer. Cold, in cold, dark freezer. freezer. Terrible, yep. terrible, terrible. You probably remember the name Roland Fryer. He was a hoity-toity high-end Harvard professor. You would think he, you know, towed the line at this particular Ivy League establishment. He uh, did a study in uh, 2016. It's the first time he's really talked about it. A study on racial bias in the policing of the city of Houston. What he found was not convenient to the narrative. But what he found was fact he found that police were more than twice as likely to manhandle, beat, or use some kind of non-fatal force against blacks and whites, blacks and Hispanics than against people of other races. They were no; they were more likely, more than twice as likely to manhandle, beat, uh, but twenty-three point eight percent less likely to shoot blacks, and eight five eight point five percent less likely to shoot at Hispanics than they were to whites. Like they, the narrative didn't work. And then all hell broke loose. We'll talk about it when we return. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Hi, I'm EJ Williams for American Humane. For thousands of years, dogs have been our best friends in our worst times. Today, we're also learning that our best friends, millions of whom are abandoned each year, are often the best medicine when people are facing obstacles. To help both people and animals, organizations like American Humane have been working to harness the healing power of the human-animal bond, finding animals in need of forever homes and training them as life-saving service and therapy dogs to help our veterans, the elderly, and children overcome the daily obstacles of life. In this way, the rescued can become the rescuers. 
to find out how you can help give animals and the people they help a new leash on life, <laughs> please visit AmericanHumane.org. We all make promises, big and small, tested over time and distance, tried by circumstances and decisions. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to bear true faith and allegiance. To help you when you're in need. To tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. To be considerate and caring, courageous and strong. For better. For worse. In sickness and in health. To love and cherish. To be your loving, faithful friend. Partner. Child. Parent. is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. Um, this is a... Uh ongoing theme, I think, right now among Democrats. They want you to know that damn it, Joe Biden is the candidate. But the biggest problem I would say the campaign has right now is not about their communications or messaging staff or whatever it may be. It's that there's still a swath of the country, including Democrats and independents, who believe that Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee. He is going to be the nominee. Um, this is the contrast, and, and that is a challenge the campaign has they can't entirely solve, but it's, it's something people just need to start getting on board with and, and fighting the fight. Get on board and fight the fight. Yeah. Get you some Biden. Uh, yeah. A swath of the country, including Democrats and independents who believe that Joe Biden, you know what's going to happen. Everyone's going to say, oh, he's a fine, fine, sound mind and body. The sharp. This president is so very deeply probing and very sharp. And then he they're all going to come together. Oh, he and now they're saying he's the candidate. They're all going to come together to announce he's not the candidate and say that, you know, he's getting older and 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 not really all, you know, as as present as he'd like to be. And that's why he's not the candidate. Yeah, but they all, they all look like idiots right now because every one of them, uh, we're in a world of sound bites now. Uh, that's where the politics is. So every one of you that gets on right now and goes on TV and tells that I, I can't keep up with Biden. It's so tough. <laughs> or he he's just so prepared. And he, it's like talking to a mentalist every time you walk into the room with him. <laughs> and then they're going to come back later and be like, oh, well, he was an idiot. And you oh. know, we were a blathering idiot all the time. He was just, yeah, not really there. And we all knew it, you know. Um, Harvard professor Roland Fryer. He did a um, 2016 study when there was the, all the rage was police brutality against blacks. Right, it shaped uh, that from that then the next five years. And he finally has done a sit down with the Free Press Barry Weiss 
to discuss what happened after he published this study on, uh, based in Houston policing. The study found that police, yeah, they were more likely, more than twice as likely to manhandle, beat, or use some other kind of non-fatal force against blacks and Hispanics than against people of other races. However, the data also determined that officers were 23.8% less likely to shoot at blacks and 8.5% less likely to shoot at Hispanics than they were to shoot at whites. He said this data shows no racial differences in officer-involved shootings. And he said at that point, all hell broke loose and his entire life was ruined. He got complaints. He got threats. Four minutes after it was published, uh, after he published, uh, after publication, one said, you're full of S. He said, people quickly lost their minds. Even some of my colleagues, he said, refused to believe the results after months of asking me not to print the data. I had colleagues take me to the side and say, don't publish this. You'll ruin your career. Imagine that. Facts. Real Hardcore facts that didn't fit the current narrative were about to be released, and his colleagues, his fellow professors and educators at Harvard, told him not to because it would ruin his career. Now, why would that be? Why would his career be ruined? Now, oh, you get the one, uh, which is funny because we had the one here in Tallahassee who they went back and looked at all his stuff, and it was absolutely all fake, fabricated stuff that promoted his side right. of, the, of the argument. He said, uh, Comments from the faculty that he was likely to get some backlash. He knew that. He admitted that he anticipated the results of the study would be uh, different and would confirm suspicions of racial bias against minorities. But when the results fa- found no racial bias, he had to hire eight new assistants and redid the study. The data came back the same. After the report was published, he had to get police protection. He said, I, you know, in Claudine Gay at the time. Uh, was involved. He's he had to go had an armed guard to get diapers for his uh, new baby. Over publishing a facts factual research, he was the youngest tenured black professor at Harvard at age thirty. Uh, at the time, then. Dean Claudine Gase's Friars research and conduct with other employees exhibited a pattern of behavior that he failed to meet the expectations within the community. The totality of these behaviors is clear in violation of institutional norms and betrayal of trust. She's obviously resigned. Uh, asked if he, uh, he Friar asked if that was karma, and he said it's a mother effer. <laughs> but imagine that he's a black, you know, uh, first tenured black professor, uh, an economics professor, did real research, had to staff redo the numbers to take a second look at it to make sure they didn't mess anything up. It did show the police were more likely to manhandle rough around a black or Hispanic, but they were 28.3 and 8.7 percent less likely to shoot black and Hispanics than they were to shoot at whites. And that enraged people. Truth, you know, is dangerous to to liberals, and this proves it. Democratic outcomes are dangerous to liberals. Uh, 
It makes you question every narrative of the left, every single narrative of the left. It just wasn't true in Houston. Is it true in other cities? I don't know. I don't know why he chose Houston, although it's a large city with a lot of shootings and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of cop and, you know. Yeah, okay. If that was the case, why didn't the rest of his colleagues go, okay, we're, we're going to check on uh, Chicago and we're going to check on New York to make sure and, and then we're going to put you in the ground to show you that you're wrong and you're. They don't care about the truth. Yeah. They won't care about the narrative. That's all they cared about. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, that's the, that's, that's a, a college that, that was led by a woman who plagiarized her way into that position that has used, you know, racially racial bias and admissions forever. And here's a black guy. He comes along with the wrong evidence. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) You're wrong. I know. We're going to kill you over it. You need to lie like the rest of us have been doing for a long, long time, or we'll lose money and 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 our tenure and uh, our lucrative lifestyles and our ability to brainwash uh, the rest of our students. Nice. Um, expect a turnaround. If any of this is accurate, uh, people believe, and Biden Biden officials also. See next month's State of the Union address as a big public moment to perhaps do a giant reset on the Biden camp on the Biden presidency for the last year of its first term. Um, they all know right now that if the election were today, that Biden would lose with in a rematch with Trump. They know this. Um, the address is this uh, March 7th. They see it as the biggest chance to shift public perceptions. What they're hearing is that they, they say his last year, his speech played well. He seemed agile, uh, pissed off about GOP, social security, blah, blah, blah. Uh, needing to uh, repeat triumph. They say he'll spend hours studying everything. Uh, the, the text of his physical preparation to exploit his prime time moment. They're all aware they need to jack this campaign up. And the only way to deal with the negative aftershocks of a special counselor's report that said he had a very bad memory and blah, 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 is to be out, be visible, be strong, and be the presence of a strong voice. Which should be to do that every day, but they're hoping that, well, how many days we got left? It's the 19th. They're hoping that in roughly three weeks they'll be able to summon up some, you know, some... Well, they're hoping that uh, Biden clone four is unfrozen by that point and it's running still on top notch. <laughs> One bold move predicted to be a, a strong of presence, a strong voice. The one bold move is that he has considered, we're told, in an executive order that would dramatically s- staunch the flow of migrants to the southern border. This could even be happening two weeks before the address, allowing him to say, look, look what I did. Republicans wouldn't act, so I had to, I had to do this. Maybe he feels that um, if he does, I don't believe it'll be a, a Trump-style shutdown with st- remain in Mexico. and No, it'll be, he'll go and he'll do a, uh, oh, well, you guys didn't want to pass the 5,000 a day. Well, I did it anyway, and I... I locked down. We went from, he'll do his normal one. We went from 14,000 people a day just to five. Look how great that is. Right. And then he'll walk in there like, you know, I saved the day. And the Republicans didn't want to do anything. 
inside the campaign, they say there's a belief that things are turning around. Internal morale is up. But even super lawyers have lingering worries that it's all happening too slowly and too late. Behind the scenes, a new window into the Biden campaign's flux comes from CNN, which reports that some leading Democrats fear the campaign might be stumbling past a point of no return. They're heartened by listening to sessions by Vice President Kamala Harris, which they view as a surprising and welcome change after months of feeling sloughed off by the White House uh, campaign headquarters. Sessions with Kamala made them feel stronger about the Biden presidency? No. Uh, Well, actually, I take that back. Yes, probably it did. (laughs) Because they probably sat through a session with Kamala like, all right, Vote for Biden, dear God. Let's just. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe they, that way. She, I yeah, get let's it. make sure she doesn't become president. <laughs> they say the outreach sessions included six Democratic governors that gathered around a dining room table at Harrison's residence, uh, using the intelligence from sessions to break through what she's called a bubble of Biden campaign thinking and a push for changes in strategy and tactics as she hopes will put the ticket in better shape to win. Hmm. Yes. It's going to be a good moment for the president to re-engage on the domestic issues. He's got a huge record, and I think it's important to remind folks what he's done. Insulin prices, infrastructure, insulin prices, Trump did, they undid, and did again to say that they did it. That's uh, Robert Garcia, a uh, first-term California progressive, former mayor of Long Beach. He said, uh, those things are going to be critical. Has anyone witnessed any great change to their lives from the infrastructure bill? No. How long ago was that? Two, a year and a half, two years? Yeah, we're heading to almost two years now. Uh, you know, where... I mean, it didn't really blow the economy up. You don't see a lot of people on there right now hiring people to uh, build roads or... Uh, Massive hiring campaigns to fix the railroad system. You don't, you're not visually seeing anything at all, but that's going to be critical. Good luck. Uh, there are also uh, rumors that he's going to come back and push, pump the brakes on the whole. This is gonna, I don't know if this is going to win or lose with his base, right? He's plans to uh, announce that he's going to pump the brakes on the Environmental Protection Agency's rules to push back limits of emissions through uh, EV electric uh, vehicles. And uh, instead of making all new cars electric by 2032, uh, the administration uh, wants to rework that to more slowly transition at first to 2030 and then sharply increase thereafter. Essentially, instead of requiring automakers to rapidly, you know, you got to be this percentage of sales of uh, have to be electric vehicles over the next three years. They this would, quote, give the car manufacturers more time with a sharp increase in sales not required until after 2030. Uh, uh, that's done by the market. That was just done. by. that's why Ford has shut down the lightning, uh, the electric uh, pickup truck, you know, and, and other people have rolled back because. You know, unless you're an EV company and that's all you sell, you're still out there selling, you know, gasoline uh, vehicles. It ain't cutting it. No, because there is still not the infrastructure for them. Uh, they still, for some reason, think in their mind that we can just, all right, everybody uh, go and turn in your, your gas vehicle. Yeah. Go pick up your electric vehicle, which one, the average American family, for the most part, can't afford to purchase a brand new electric vehicle. 
uh, and then do then all right, Dara, now start charging it. Uh, go on a family trip where you have to go and charge it on the way there, and um, you know. The uh, change comes as he's facing more intense crosswinds. Uh, you know, climate change was a big, big thing. He made a lot of promises getting uh, before 2020. Uh, he wants to cut all the carbon dioxide from gas-powered vehicles. Uh, they make up the largest source of greenhouse gases, they say, emitted by the United States. At the same time, he needs to get keep the auto industry alive and well uh, and cooperative uh, and supportive of him, the UAW that backed him, you know, they're worried about this thing is going to cost a lot of jobs. Yeah, because you're telling uh, companies that, uh, well, 2032, you can't sell uh, gas-powered vehicles in, uh, so you might as well start teaching all those people to make electric vehicles. And then the companies are going, but nobody's buying these electric vehicles, so I don't need all these people to continue working here if you're not letting me build the other cars. And we got, if you see on the lot here, we have quite a few electric vehicles here that aren't being sold. Well, I don't know if it's going to buy him any votes or not. What do you think? If he, uh, well, it's going to buy him votes in the auto unions that he wants to get right now because it's auto unions are looking uh, afraid because of the fact that they've had to go in and do some dealings to get this pushback farther. Because they're not building enough EV cars to make them want to stay in that industry. Do you, do you think he admits that their efforts were too ambitious, uh, or does he blame? Does he, you know, say, "Hey, look, we we put the the cart a little ahead of the horse here. Uh, the, the these uh, auto companies need more time to transition. Our grid needs work. Our, you know, uh, things of that nature. Or, or does he blame something or somebody for it?" He'll blame Republicans. In the end, that's all. He'll come out and say, the only reason we couldn't get this done is because Republicans pushed back because how much they love oil. <laughs> and those big, you know, big fat cat Republicans are making all that oil money is the reason that we just couldn't get this done in time, even though I put trillions of dollars into it, even though that nobody's buying them. There's a reason why uh, the Japanese automakers have already slowed down their EV production. The Kia, the, the Korean ones, they've shut all down their production. Uh, most of the American brands have slowed down their production because right. of the fact that they're not selling them. Right. And, you know, and I really do think that's a another Elon Musk phenomenon because I, people instantly uh, equate the electric vehicle with a Tesla. You know, they, you know, they don't say I'm going to buy an EV. They say I'm going to get a Tesla. I, and it was the number one selling car last year uh, in America. I, I don't know about the world, but here in America, I know it was. And say what you will about it. It's an exclusively uh, an electric car company. It's never had to rely on sales or popularity of another vehicle they made that was powered by gasoline. So it's that it's got that going for them. Um. Good news if you want to get into the Navy. Uh, they're 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 trying to you know loosen things up a little bit, try to encourage recruitment uh, and volunteers. So they have eliminated, they say, a source of what it was anger and online mockery. I didn't know this that they banned their sailors from keeping their hands in their pockets. I didn't know that was a big deal. I, if that was an issue, I, I have an easy a solution to that is don't put pockets in the pants. But it's a bit of a, you know, it's kind of a. Yeah, but where are they going to put their keys? Should they have keys when they're in their, uh, I mean, right. just like casually lay, sitting around on the on the base? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Who knows?
Was it okay to put your hand in there to get your keys out of there? Well, if nobody's looking. Well, good news. You can now put your hands in your pants as long as doing so does not compromise safety nor prohibit the proper rendering of honors and courtesies. Man. Whew. So, you, you know, Johnny comes to the recruitment office and goes, hey, thinking about getting in the Navy. You guys got a lot of wacky rules. Like, I can't. You know, he's got his hands in his pockets when he strolls in, you know. And he's like, you know, I'm kind of a hands in the pockets. recruiter actually recoils at a Yeah, I'm kind of a hands in the pockets guy. Uh, I heard you guys don't. <laughs> you're not down with that. Oh, good news, uh, Johnny. We do now allow you to put your hands in your pocket when, as long as you don't compromise safety or prohibit rendering <laughs> honors. All right. Sign me up. Also, female soldiers are now permitted to optionally wear T-shirts specifically designed for female bodies with their Navy uniforms instead of the rather boxy unisex Hanes uh, BFTs. That's going to get the ladies in, too. The intent of this policy update is to address expressed dissatisfaction regarding the required wear of male or unisex t-shirts that are not designed to fit female bodies. Women can also now wear false eyelashes or eyelash extensions, of course, providing that the lashes pro project a natural appearance and are no longer than 14 millimeters as measured from the lid to the tip of the lash. False eyelash color will always match the natural eyelash. Okay? No, no playing around with different color. Eyelash extensions cannot hinder uh, the wearing of protective eyewear either. So we probably saw that in their latest commercial. Yeah. <laughs> now in the Navy, you can put your hands in your pockets. That's right. As long as you don't uh, compromise safety or prohibit proper rending of honor. You remember that Marines commercial was always so gray with the Marine fighting like the lava monster. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I joined the Marines for that. Yeah. Now they're like, hey, eyelashes, 14 millimeters. Get yourself. <laughs> and do they actually have someone come out? They'll always take a look at those. Private, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> sir, those are natural, sir. Fat chance. They're two shades. Different from your natural color. Drop and give me 50. Uh, I would imagine that, you know, having a woman wear a man or unisex T-shirt was a kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, but wouldn't a unisex T-shirt be a T-shirt for both sexes? So We're talking about a tapered, you know, women are, you know, a little smaller, you know, men are big, fat, disgusting. Uh, they say they replaced the hands and the pockets thing because they saw it was it was they considered the rule pointless and irritating. They believe that it was put in place because the Navy believed at the time that keeping your hands in your pockets detracts from a sailor's military appearance. But it's all what about a guy that's awkward with his hands? You keep them down to your side all the time. Yeah. What if you're? I mean, they meant they meant not just like you know an official manner, like you're you know sitting around and uh, maybe you're at the PBX or you're at the, uh, uh, the uh, having a, a beer with the guys uh, and you're just leaning up against the post. You can't put your hands in your pockets. Yeah. Well, they were just tired of the, all the guys. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> the old pocket pull. Huh? All right, we have to take a break. When we get back, our buddy Eric Matheny will join us. Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. 
WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Donellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. talk about EVs and leads to talk about batteries and uh, different things that are needed, uh, lithium, nickel, copper, cobalt. Cobalt, um, they're trying to make it, you know, more efficient to recycle. They had a major breakthrough and uh, it's, they believe, they've discovered a new method. Uh, published in the journal ACS Omega, can, this new can be used during the battery recycling process to extract valuable metals used in lithium-ion batteries. It uses a liquid solvent derived from urine and acetic acid, the main ingredient in vinegar. Urine to the rescue again. Is there anything urine can't do? It's going to be a shame when they're having all to uh, really hydrate all those uh, children's <laughs> slave workers in Cambodia to get them to urinate enough to. Yeah, get cabal, you need to be more now that now now they're constantly forced to haul buckets of slime out of a out of a uh, you know barefoot in a robe out of a, out of a mud uh, pit uh, by hand and then drink copious amounts of water so they can fill their uh, daily delivery of urine. Well, at least they're getting hydrated now, though. Yeah, that's true. They say this can uh, help recover 97% of the cobalt from a battery uh, with just a harmless chemical such as urine. Hallelujah. How'd they come up with that? Did you think that they were in the lab uh, in the Swedish Institute? They were just pouring different liquids on cobalt to see which one would help. And the guy was like, I got to take a leak. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They did not mention where they sourced said urine for the experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was from that guy. From him? Yeah. Yes, we find the urine. <laughs> Beautiful urine. Uh, uh, the, uh, the professor Nichols said, with more efficient environmentally friendly methods, we can use, we use a very significant portion of the cobalt that is already in use instead of mining more. So some of these uh, little kid slaves, instead of mining, it just can drink water and pee all day for them. You ought to get that. I don't think she's out there. Um, that's, uh, uh, good news. Um, uh, what happened? Is he there? No. Is he all right? Is he all right? On Mondays, we catch up with Eric Matheny to get his breakdown of all that's going on. Find him where you get your social media at Eric M. Matheny, an excellent follow there. Eric, how are you, man? What's happening? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I don't know where to start, but I, I, I uh, during the show I break and take the news. I see all this stuff that Houthis are up. They've sunk a British ship, a ship now in the Red Sea. They've attacked two US, uh, U.S. warships in the Gulf of Aden. What do you think happens there? There's no way we don't respond, correct? Well, we have to respond, and we found ourselves in this situation, gosh, you know, three, four weeks ago, and it seems to be a more and more frequent occurrence. Um, what it boils down to is that the rest of the world has no fear of the United States, and why would they? We have a make-believe admiral who's the head of what Health and Human Services, whoever that uh, <laughs> former Richard Levine guy is, yep. who gets out there and 
like a, like like he he calls himself an admiral, but what is he? He is like Captain Crunch. He gets out there and he says, you know, you know, black people are afraid of climate change. I know lots of black people. I've never once had a conversation with any of them about climate change. I mean the. The the world beyond that Washington bubble, uh, I don't think they have the slightest idea uh. as to how it works. But with respect to, to our um, our ships and our military installations being at, under attack, that's something we're going to see, and we're going to have to respond, and then there's going to be something else that follows in response. It's kind of like this volley back and forth that we're just going to deal with this until ultimately, <clears throat> I think sadly it culminates into something a little more serious than what we're seeing right now, these little brief skirmishes. But unless uh, we forget, we had a president who you know, this didn't happen under. And that's because our enemies, we, we didn't change their hearts and minds. They didn't automatically love America because Donald Trump was president. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, the fact remains is they were afraid of us. And they said, hey, we're not going to mess with this guy. And they see Biden and they see his cabinet and they see what our military is focused on. And frankly, if I were an evildoer, if America was my enemy, this would be the prime time to attack. Like, what are they going to do? And, and I think they want nothing more than to be goaded into and given a reason to um, really, you know, let it all out as far as uh, you know their military prowess on America. Because I don't think we're in a position now. That's no knock against the men and women who serve. It's your leadership. Right. I'm sure there are good, capable people in our military, but uh, you know, without good leadership, without mission objectives, it doesn't mean a damn thing. So if they're focused on DEI and climate change, and meanwhile, Iran, China, and our enemies are focused on destroying us, well, it's a little lopsided, I think. So um, I haven't heard much about it. This was, in fact, the first I'd heard today that it had occurred, but it, it sadly doesn't surprise me. Uh, let's talk about the Trump judgment that came down uh, Friday. It is truly ridiculous. Everyone predicted it. it was this, this, this case was over before, the trial was over before it started. What I don't hear, other than the usuals, uh, like uh, uh, David Victor David Hansen and uh, uh, other professors of law, I don't hear them calling out how ridiculous it is and pushing back on all of the exceptional. I don't hear an overall call of uh, political prosecution here. What do you What do you make of that in the in the wake of uh, a record judgment for no crime? Well, you know, here's the thing, um, and I have to look back to, to when uh, Letitia James was running for attorney general. She ran on the sole platform of getting Donald Trump. Now, in my lifetime, I've never seen a prosecutor, attorney general, district attorney running for office on the sole platform of targeting one individual. Even when Rudy Giuliani uh, was mayor of New York, even when he was the uh, U.S. attorney for the Southern District, he didn't. He wasn't there solely to get one person. He was there to fight crime. He was there to go where the evidence led him. This is a prosecutor saying, "I'm going to target this person, and any quote unquote evidence I see, I'm going to use it to to make the case against this person." Because not the crime is my target. The individual, I can tell you, as a former prosecutor. If I want to target somebody, I'll, I'll find something to charge him with. Right. Um, in this case, lest we forget, Donald Trump was not charged criminally. He was not charged with criminal fraud. He was charged with civil fraud, which is ironic because you didn't have any victims. The banks willingly did business with Donald Trump. They probably thought, it's, hey, it's, it's good for our bottom line to be in business with Trump. He repaid the loans. He paid them with interest. He paid the loans off, which is more than I could say for most Americans who were right. default on their loans. Um, and the banks were happy to do business with him again. So that raises the question. 
one, this judgment of $354 million, who's going to receive it? Because right. the banks were made whole. Who gets who gets the who gets who is the victim? Don't they have to have a victim? The people of New York are a victim? Well, the attorney, the attorney general, as the chief law enforcement officer of New York, brought the action on behalf of the people of New York. So the state of New York collects the judgment. So that's where it goes. Um, these banks were made whole. The banks didn't sue him privately, as you know, banks can sue people who default on their loans. And, and Donald Trump's been sued plenty. He's also sued in return. That's what happens when you're a billionaire and you do business. You, you, know, you have a good team of lawyers because you're going to be in the courtroom now and again. Um, but in this situation, he did business with the banks. He presented his financials. And guess what? The banks always do their due diligence. Anybody who's obtained a mortgage, what's the worst part of the process? Oh, your file's an underwriting, which basically means, hey, you dotted this I right here and crossed this T. I need 16 months of bank statements to explain why you did that. We've all been through that right. process. We know how diligent, how thorough they are. So if Donald Trump says my property's valued at this, you don't think they sent out an independent appraiser? They ask me, I want to, I want to refinance my house. They say, how much is your house worth? And I say, how much it's worth? They take me at my word. No, they send an appraiser out to verify yeah. uh, or contradict, perhaps what I've what I've done. And, and they don't, so they don't charge you. They don't. You're not hold. On, you know, they don't. They don't immediately file charges because you said your house was worth more than they found it to be. No, look, people make good faith mistakes all the time. Maybe you got the valuation on Zillow or wherever, and it actually is worth a lot more, or it's worth a lot less. But an appraiser is going to come out, and that's because the, the banks do their due diligence to make sure that you're uh, respectable and, and reasonable credit risk. And with Donald Trump, I'm, I'm sure there was an allure in doing business with Trump because he's so well-known. And I'm sure coming in as Donald Trump, like, look, this guy's a billionaire. He's very well-known. I think he's going to pay us back. So they perhaps are more likely to lend him money, but no, no bank is lending you money based on your own valuations. They're going to do their due diligence. They're going to do their underwriting and they're going to determine what, if any, they're going to loan you. And these banks independently upon that valuation determined that they were going to loan him the money. And guess what? He turned out to be a good credit risk because he paid back all his loans with interest. The banks made money. Trump got to you know, take out loans. Trump got to build buildings. And he, he runs a, a, an organization that, that employs tens of thousands of people. Uh, he builds things. He creates things. Um, the fact that you have an attorney general of a, of a state like New York who goes after this one person, uh, that's the real terrifying thing here is the fact that a, a prosecutor in America, we're sitting here casting stones at, at Putin going, oh, my God, a political prisoner died, which is tragic. Right. Well, we have political prisoners here. We do things like that here. America doesn't have the moral standing anymore to point fingers at guys like Putin. Go, oh, my God, look what you do. They could just as easily do that to us. You had a prosecutor run for office on the sole platform, not of cleaning up New York or trying to reform bail laws so we don't let these repeat offenders out without spending a dime so illegal aliens, 15 of them, can't beat a cop half to death. Instead of running on that platform, no, I'm going to get Donald, we're going to get Donald Trump. We Amazing. will find something to either charge him with or sue him for something, but that is my that is my campaign promise. We're going to get this guy. Eric Matheny, <clears throat> Eric Matheny joins us. Eric, uh, now talk about the appeal. Uh, there's no way I, I see that it, it survives an appeal, but it, there are some huge steps that are going to uh, encumber the, uh, the the president to get to that point. What does he have to do? 
Uh, well, what I'm understanding is he's got to put up 120% as a bond. Jesus. So, um, you know, he's got to have the, the, the money ready to go in the event that his appeal is denied. He's got to pay out the judgment. Um, there's always bankruptcy. I mean, look, that'll protect you or stave off a judgment for a period of time. There's always um, negotiating some kind of settlement because, you know, an appeal can tie this up for years. Um, so they could come back to the state of New York and say, look, we'll settle for this. And, and that happens a lot of times in civil cases. Um, or they can say to hell with you guys, and we're going to take the appeal and, and you know, take it all the way up. Um, mind you, it's a state court case, so, I mean, it goes up to the, the state Supreme Court. Um, New York State is not a friendly jurisdiction for Donald Trump. Um, I like what the truckers are talking about doing. Um, I know that there are some good people who are going to be affected by that. But um, the way I see it, I mean, there's going to be some collateral damage as far as sending a bigger message that we're not going to tolerate um, not just because he's Donald Trump, we're not going to tolerate American citizens being treated like this for no other reason than politics. And then um, the governor comes out and says, hey, if you're in real estate in New York, you have nothing to worry about. Basically underscoring the fact that this is a political prosecution, this is a one-off, we're going after one person and one person only, everybody else is fine. So Donald Trump would have actually been in a better legal predicament had he and the, you know, a bunch of people beaten a cop half to death. Right. He would have gotten out without spending right. a dime. Instead, <laughs> he's getting sued for taking out loans and repaying those loans and not even getting sued by the lender. Uh, so I, I think I do think he, he has some leverage as far as an appeal. I'm not going to say it's going to you know, it's going to get reversed entirely. The uh, award may be reduced. But you know, at the end of the day, and, and Donald Trump Jr. came out on, on Twitter, and he said something really poignant. He's like, law in this country, like justice really boils down to two things, politics and location. So Donald Trump, I'm convinced that he could be convicted, sued, found liable, tarred and feathered just for being Donald Trump in a number of jurisdictions. But the thing people have to realize is that pendulum comes back the other way. And yeah. when it does come back, you're not going to be laughing because, you know, 2028, you can have some you know, Yosemite Sam lookalike standing in Texas running for attorney general saying, I'm going to prosecute anyone with a D by their name. And you created this environment. The, the pendulum's going to come back. It's not going to be fun. This is not the world we want to live in. If people commit crimes, if people commit civil wrongs, there needs to be justice. There needs to be equal justice. Uh, and, and we know um, we know that that's not the case. And we know that we don't live in that country anymore. It's, it's terrifying to watch. And it's, it's not just Donald Trump. You know, he, he's, he's one of many. I mean, it's going to trickle down. Uh, and he said it for a long time. You know, they're after you. I'm just the guy standing in the way. And um, there is truth to that. And we've seen that certainly with the January 6th prosecution. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Do you make anything of the trucker boycott that has kind of been half-assed planned uh, to slow deliveries in New York City as some way to punish them for their, uh, for their persecution of Trump? I like the idea of it, um, the execution of it, whether people are going to actually do it uh, has, has yet to be seen. Um, at the end of the day, these truckers are, uh, a lot of them are independent owner-operators, and if there's load, if there's business, and, hey, you got to take it into New York, I don't know how many of them are going to say no to that. That's a, that's a hard decision to ask anyone to make, um, and, and I hate the fact that people have to make that decision. They have to sacrifice you know, principles for putting food on the table. And, and so many people do. And we saw a lot of that with COVID, with the vaccines. Like, I'm very much anti-vax, but I'm going to lose my job. i got to feed my family. I hope it works. I think there are definitely some guys out there that, that can get away with it. And I, and I don't expect every trucker to do it, but I, I would like to see that impact. 
Um, and I'd like to see it longer than seven days, honestly. I'd like to see it um, go for a while. I, I want the, the government of New York to realize what it's done. And again, not just with, well, you messed with Trump. It's this is what you're doing to an American citizen. You're not doing this to anybody else. You specifically targeted him without anything in mind. You just said, I'm going to get him. We're going to find something. And they look at his loans and go, oh, he may, he may have uh, embellished the value of his property. Uh, let's charge him with that. So, so you, you don't uh, think it, I would like to see it, 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 it you don't believe it would be completely reversed like there would be an appeals court that saw some value in this judgment I you know but it, but it's 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 going up to the appellate courts in the state of New York right. so in a jurisdiction that's not particularly friendly to Donald Trump I don't know what kind of result I think that the award itself might be reduced I do think the 353 million dollar number is, is is a little high um but again we got to remember that the attorney general uh is has the power to bring you know civil and criminal actions on behalf of the people of the state of new york so if you commit a crime or a civil wrong in the state if you're doing business in the state and you commit civil fraud which is what they charged him with civilly um she in her office has the authority or the question is whether the uh, the valuations are tantamount to fraud, uh, I I don't think I think in any reasonable court I think that yeah they have to say like look like typically like with the attorney general's office typically the way that fraud allegations come there is there's a complaining victim like people get together a bank would would go to the attorney general and say oh my god this guy defrauded us oh okay and in which case that very well may be criminal. Um, now, these a lot of these loans are years and years past. The statute of limitations may have run as far as criminal fraud goes. But even civil fraud banks can go to the state attorney general. They can do it right here in Florida and say, hey, this guy defrauded us. And you could be sued by the uh, attorney general of the state of Florida. Same thing in New York. So typically, the way it comes to their attention is there's a, there's a complaining witness. Here it was, it was the attorney general completely on her own. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, we've got a State of the Union coming up soon, uh, March 7th. There's a lot of talk that Biden is going to announce uh, he's backpedaling a lot of these EV plans. Like we're going to pu- you know, push back the tailpipe emissions till after 2030. Uh, we need to help uh, help from automakers. You know, they need time to ramp up uh, changes, blah, blah, blah. Is that a push uh, to buy a vote or two? Um, I think it might. I mean, definitely, I think um, probably coming back to the center a little bit because people are realizing, I mean, if you live in the state of California, they want to get rid of um, you know, any uh, gasoline-powered vehicle by 2035, and people are realizing that these cars are not nearly as reliable. Uh, you know, the lines at charging stations, you're trying to drive cross-country, uh, and you run out of charge, you got to find a charging station. Uh, and people want freedom. People want the freedom to be able to drive their vehicles, and I think to some degree, probably wants to come back a little bit to the middle. Um, but again, I, you know, I don't see him being the guy. I don't see him being the guy, uh, you know, ultimately in November. Um, I think, I still think what he's going to do is at the convention. I think he's going to, uh, you know, thank you for the nomination. I do not accept. And then uh, give his delegates back, but endorse somebody like Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom or, or whomever, maybe someone we haven't thought of yet. Um, but it certainly, I think, it could be a push to come back to the middle a little bit. Um, certainly they do that uh, come general time. 
special prosecutor's report was really damning for him. Everybody has gone uh, on the record, and from uh, Mayorkas to uh, Schumer to Pelosi, to rave about his incredible intellect and his he's present and he's uh, intensely uh, uh, prying and needs information. He's just incredible, very intense. So they're all going to have to turn on a dime and agree with him. Come. Uh, you think uh, convention time and say yes, he's you know needs to uh, step back a little bit. How damaging was the executive uh, the uh, the special re- uh, prosecutor's report? I, I, it was very damaging. Um, it was very damaging in the fact that it, it really underscores what we already know and what people see. Um, everybody sees it. Um, it's just a matter of whether you're willing to call it out. But if if he's not your president, if he's not on your side, you're going to call it out. If he is you're going to gloss over it because you know that that's one of his, if not his, his single biggest weakness is his, is not just his age is, is just his lack of mental acuity and more so his decline. Um, you know, I know some people like to excuse it and go like, Oh, he's got a stutter. He doesn't have a stutter. Listen to videos from him from, from 10 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. He doesn't have a stutter. He was never like some silver tongue devil, but the guy could string a <laughs> sentence together. Yeah. Um, he's, he, Pretty much since like 2018, 2019, there's something, even 2016, he was a very different guy. Um, you know, father time is undefeated, and he's, he's in the throes of dementia. And we've been dealing with that uh, since, since 2021. Um, I just think at this juncture, I don't think they can push him any farther. He's done what they wanted him to do. They wanted him to get rid of Trump. He did. He, he doesn't serve a purpose anymore. Now they can put in like a real uh, true believer uh, ideologue. Uh, one of their own, like a Michelle Obama, and they can you know, try to finish this thing. That's why this is the most consequential U.S. election in our history. I agree. Uh, do you think there, there's also talk that he may step up and, and maybe announce at the uh, State of the Union that he's going to sign an executive order on immigration, not shutting down the border, but, you know, doing what they wanted in that in that uh, crappy bill they offered and, you know, setting the the numbers to today's numbers or maybe a little bit less and then going and proclaiming victory that the GOP stood around and did nothing. It took I came in and I've solved the border crisis. I, I could see that they could take a victory lap on that because that's the big issue right now. Turn the blame to the Republicans, which they always do. But then watch what happens between now and the election. Now they say, okay, now we've secured the border. What do we do with the people that are here um, and grant them some kind of amnesty? I mean, I think they want those people voting. So I, I could see executive action or something being done with them between now and then. That's depressing. Uh, Eric Matheny, listen to the Bob and Eric uh, Save America podcast. Get it where you get your podcast. And follow Eric. He's a great follow at Eric M. Matheny on X and wherever you get your social media. Eric, good stuff, man. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, see you. Oh. Uh, Queen's about to sell their catalog for the biggest chunk of money yet. What do you think? You know, I used to be weird about this. Like, that's my music. I wrote it. It's the greatest thing ever. Why would I ever sell all of the rights to it? Then you figure these guys may split $1.2 billion. Yeah, and they're getting to the twilight of their life. They don't want to continue to manage it. They don't want to pay a company that manages it. Uh, they don't want to get a phone call every time that, hey, uh, Ford wants to use your song in a, uh, in a new commercial. You guys okay with that? You just go. We don't care. We've yeah. got billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, they don't have to. Well, they don't have any. They won't have any control over yeah. it. Other than, say, at that. that point, they're like, we don't care. The band's music consists of the master copyright, which is the rights to the recordings, and the publishing copyright, which is the written music 
and lyrics. So they'll own it all. Yeah, and he's they make a couple million dollars a year off of it, and or they just get a one big giant lump sum. It's like uh, cashing out of the lottery. Yeah, split between uh, uh, Freddie's estate and the other surviving band members. Oh, but yeah, but this beats the. I guess Springsteen had the record at five hundred fifty million, and this is going to be more than twice that, or yeah. T- uh, twice, yeah, more than twice that. You're going to hear Bohemian Rap. It already is selling everything now. I mean, they, but that's yeah, some well, of the most commercialized music. Disney owns the rights here in, in North America, so of course Disney is going to uh, profit off it as much as they can. Oh yeah. So what? So this is uh, uh, everywhere else in the world other than here in, at Disney. That's from the, the way I, I I read it up because Disney owns the rights currently here, but maybe they're they're selling all of it in one shot, like the Disney ones coming up too. Huh. Um. Uh, Universal Music Group was rumored to front runner the deal with details of talks surfaced this summer. Uh, they say they've now reached exclusive period with an undisclosed suitor. There you go. Why not? All right. Uh, when we return, a man has received boxes. I got a box full of penises in the mail, but not the one penis he's been looking for for a long time. I'll explain. Hang on. Your remarks as well. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life filled with dance, art, music, and knowledge. They dream of a brighter future with enough nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn and grow, to get an education, escape poverty, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, such dreams are coming true. Together, we give children a chance to set their sights high and succeed in school and in life by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and so much more so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Together, we can help end poverty for good. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor. Now, my fingers are my eyes. I'm Michael Naranjo. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that is worth doing. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. I know it can do a lot of good. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. We are strong, and we'll get through this together. But these are stressful times. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, and know that you are not alone. Visit wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
Military dogs keep our troops safe by sniffing out bombs and IEDs. Yet when they retire, they're too often left overseas. American Humane brings these heroes home and back with their handlers. To help, visit AmericanHumane.org. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life. Thanks to Children International and Friends Like You, dreams are coming true. Together we help children to learn, grow, and thrive. Learn more at children.org. This is uh, an odd story. Uh, some people may have been a little taken aback to get a cookie tin full of penises. Not Dale Wells. That's what he's looking for. A British artist and gallery owner. Hoping to get what when he offered penis amnesty who any to anyone who returns the severed penises that have been snatched off a statue of his town's mythological founder. Um, handwritten note scrawl on one box said, uh, pick these up after cleaning granddad's house. Think they're what you're looking for. The statue in question is made of fiberglass. So the mystery penises, they don't know where they came from, but somewhere there's a, a stone statue or several of them with penises missing. Also, uh, whoever that granddaughter is needs some questions on why granddad's house was full of just random penis statues. <laughs> uh, he said it looks like clay, but it was made out of fiberglass. Um, he said, uh, the owner of the turntable gallery in Grimsby, England, home to a badly butchered statue of a naked man holding a small child, also naked on his shoulders. It was a, uh, statue created in 1973, depicts Grimm and Havelock, the characters from the Middle East literature, uh, from Grim- Grimsby's local store there. The legend is that Graham, the farmer, uh, had to kill Havelock, a child who was a rightful heir to the throne, but instead he uh, spared his life and fled uh, with him to England where they founded the town of Grimsby. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but somebody's been snatching the penises off of the um, off of the uh, statue from the male, uh, the, the adult, for quite some time. Um, uh, I don't... People, I guess, they figure out if you break off part of his little willy, as they say, and keep it, then he's with you forever. Can't they just make one that you can't snatch off? Yeah, they need to give him, like, a titanium rod in there that the person, like, someone that you've had your uh, mailbox busted a couple times. Yeah. Concrete. concrete. Yeah. Uh, or make it, like, you know, so small you don't want to, tr- you know, like, it's had some fresh out of the pool shrinkage. Oh, I mean, you don't want to do that to Grimsby, That's though. That's true. It's not going to look good. Especially when he's supposed to be the founder of your town. You don't want to be like, oh, there's uh, the old town of Baby D over there. Uh, people are, you know. People are, again, I'm more worried about that granddad that had a full cookie tin full of them. The, from a uh, penis that he's stolen from God knows how long. Uh, it wasn't just one, though. It was multiple ones. Right. Oh, man, I had that oh, kid. And I set it aside. That poor Japanese uh, principal. Over there, rules are rules. I mean, you break the. I mean, there is truly one judicial system as well, and they don't mess around either. The Japanese people—that's why there's law and order over there. Well, the principal of a junior high in Japan went through the uh, in a convenience store. He paid for a regular sized cof- coffee, but 
helped himself to a large at the self-serve machine. Tisk, tisk, tisk. He was caught in a Takasago, a city seven-hour drive from Tokyo. After a worker, a worker caught him pressing the button for a larger cup, he was dismissed from his job. And had his teach, teaching license revoked. And they took his pension as well. He's lucky they didn't have him commit seppuku right there in right. the South Square. Over it. Uh, he said he's truly sorry for his misconduct, but he had to go through an interview with the board officials. Uh, the regular size coffee cost 110 yen. The larger cost 180 yen. He admitted that he had sized up his coffee without paying. Uh, uh, three times before at the same store and four times at another store. I mean, the guy coughed up. Uh, uh, he he was, you know, confessing his sins. <laughs> yeah, he, this guy gave up uh, roughly about $200,000 U.S. over yeah. probably uh, $40. 80 cents <laughs> yeah. per cup. 70 cents. Prosecutors didn't indict him uh, after receiving files on the suspect, but acknowledged that he had committed theft. Critics questioned the board's decision of his punishment. Uh, calling it a death sentence for uh, an offense which costs little monetary loss. Dismissal is the most severe measure used to discipline a public servant, followed by suspension from work and a pay cut and a reprimand. Well, he learned a valuable lesson. You can't be over there uh, getting Sprite using a water cup. Oh, yeah. A lot of people be in trouble here. The old Sprite in a water cup. Seen it a million times. Um. The whole, the first round is free, free sample drug thing. We heard about it. Where was that guy handing out? A little baggie of Coke was... Uh, he was in Vegas, too. Well, apparently he kicked off the agents to, a, to a, a trend there. They've seized more than 70 pounds of meth and arrested four men after a group mistakenly provided undercover officers with several bags for free. Uh, they all face charges of a conspiracy to distribute a controlled substance, distributes, distribute, distribution of a controlled substance, uh, possession with intent, blah, blah, blah. Um, a confidential DEA administration source informed investigators that this dude named Villanueva allegedly selling meth in Vegas, that a month, for a month, undercover officers purchased three pounds from the guy. It all started from handing out his card and giving out free meth. They're handing it to a bunch of different agents. <laughs> So that's not a very, I mean, I don't know if there's a better way to market your meth or your drugs than word of mouth. I mean, is that I try the product in Vegas, though, where, you know, before it was all the prostitutes, like here's a card with the prostitute on it and all that information. Now it's uh, here's a car. Here's my meth card. Uh, here's a little meth. Try this out. Yeah, give it a shot. Tell, let me know what you think. My number's on the back. <laughs> you ain't going to get higher quality meth anywhere in Vegas. That's, uh, it, I mean, it's bold, but. Um, four guys arrested. <clears throat> Next, you're going to see some of those like uh, moving vans with the screens on it. And so, you a little know, bit of porn. Prom- <laughs> promoting Tommy's meth. As- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, we got to get to uh, remarks, should we? From the Florida Man Radio app and powered by Morris Family Farms and Organic Meats. Commercial free podcast of this program all of the shows are up there uh don miller is up there and um it's a great way to, to catch up with the show with the station two feeds are there uh and uh, fort walton beach in here which 
you know. Anyway, uh, hit the microphone button. There we go. So Beyonce goes country. Well, I think that it's really not worth wasting your breath over uh, on the music part. What I think is truly important is who looks better in a pair of Daisy Dukes, Beyonce or the old Taylor Swift. Now, I've got my opinion, and Beyonce, hands down, can come hang out in my barn. Be-doo, be-doo. He's not wrong about that. No. True. Sorry, failed to clarify. If the mothership resides in NYC, let's boycott their products. When I was growing up in Oregon, my pediatrician was named Dr. White, and he was black. And my bone doctor was Dr. Bonebreak. Didn't matter what color he was. I was just a cool name to be an orthopedic surgeon. He had to... It's either that's one of those where you're destined or you got halfway through. You're like, I'm going to change my name to Dr. Bonebreak. I think it's destiny. Yeah. Yeah. You become an orthopedist. Hey, Nasa guy. You know what's coming next? It'll be a glass-enclosed elevator that pops out of the side of uh, Air Force One and drops the president down. Come to think of it, I'm kind of surprised that they don't because that is a pretty open target. Just saying. Yeah. Wow. They're at an an airport that's well-guarded, you know. They've got plenty of agents and other people you don't see that are out there, so it's probably not. uh, But I I don't think we're that far from an elevator. I really don't. I'm actually surprised. Or escalator. We haven't had a pull-up escalator. Yeah. But that's just a total defeat at that point, right? (laughs) I don't know if you all read Women's Health or not, but one of their headlines today is, Oops, scientists may have miscalculated our global warming timeline. <laughs> that doesn't shock me. So why was he reading women's health? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. I've never read women's health. Uh, maybe he's in a waiting room at the doctor's office. I would imagine. Maybe. Death can be so tragic, but you guys make it freaking hilarious. <laughs> All right. Hey, Shannon. If you've seen that movie, Tropic Thunder, with uh, Ben Stiller, uh, one of his characters he played was uh, called Simple Jack. We need to start a movement. Simple Joe. All right. So, Mothman doesn't fly off anymore after his segment. Does Eric have to drive him home after the show? He's still here. Yeah, he sits in the corner. See? Oh. oh boy. I've got a stick in my tooth that is as big as an oak tree. We keep using this word race, and there's only one human race. There's dog races, there's rabbit races, there's a lot of horse races, and there's felines and canines. But there's only one human race. The words we need to be using is ethnic groups because we have many ethnic groups and now this transgender one is trying to become one. You get my drift? Or are you picking up what I'm laying down? Stop okay. saying race. Oh, no. No, I'm absolutely wrong anyway. Yeah, completely. Ethnicity way. contrasts that race. Ethnicity is concerned with a group of cultural identity or expression. So you can be part of an ethnic group and still be any color 
Race focuses on physical and biogenetic traits, being a type of color or your genetics. Right. Their ethnicity and race are two different things. Yes, Sam. Back when I was in school, when they still gave paddlings, I had a smoking hot teacher who was known for giving paddlings. Well, I got quite a few. Then one day, she went a little overboard. When I, you know, stood up, I had a stimpy. I didn't get any more paddlings. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, usually if you ask for harder one time, yeah. they stop battling. You know? They notice they're sexually arousing this young man with the battles. Yeah. Listening to Shando and watching 500 doesn't get better than that. How's it going? Bad wet rain this weekend, huh? Yeah, I mean, the 500, yeah. I think it's going on now, isn't it still? Yeah, I believe so. As a former Marine Corps infantry captain, it would drive me nuts to have one of my Marines in the infantry with one of his hands in his pocket. How the hell are you going to aim a rifle if you've got two, if you don't have two hands on it? I thought that he was talking about, you know, hanging out, you know, not, you know, if you're in an active Situation, of course, you can't have your hands in your pockets. Yeah, if there's a reason you need to have your rifle out, then uh, you definitely should not have your hands in your pockets. This is Patrick again, the former Marine Infantry Captain. I would only enforce that rule out in the field. If you were, we were in the field, you had to keep your hands free to hold right. on to that weapon. There we go. But if we were in the barracks or, you know, admin, I, I didn't enforce it. But I can tell you, my sergeants and my gunner sergeants knew it. Uh, I, I would go crazy if I saw it so even there they would kind of keep it going so it does happen thank you nothing says gee I have nothing better to do with my time nor do I know how to occupy myself more than sitting around with your hands in your pockets employers and higher ups they just love that S I mean unless of course you're a Star Trek guy in which case running around and hitting your one hitter all day says the same thing. It affects your pay. Be do be do. I'm not suggesting you should put your hands in your pockets while you're working or you're expected to be doing something. But in a leisurely situation, when you happen to be in your uniform, not something that you need to be reprimanded over. Right. I don't know what this one is. All right. Oh, that guy's. This is fifth one for sound. It's too much. Hey guys, yeah, hands in the pocket was a huge thing when I was in the military, and then yeah, it, last couple of years it's gone away in most services except the Marines. But there was this one time I was uh, walking out of one of the stores on base and in my flight suit, and Airman came up and he said, uh, "Sir, where's your hat?" And I go, "It's in my pocket." And he goes, "Well, why is it on your head?" And I'm like, "Well, my head doesn't fit in my pocket." So, beady beady. That ten days in a hole after that. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong about this, but didn't uh, Biden open the border with an executive order or just undo Trump executive order? I don't understand why you need a bill to close it back up. Why doesn't they, uh, why don't they call him out on that? There's no bill necessary. Just reverse the position. Beat him, beat him. 
They have, and jokingly, they say things along the lines, well, the president wasn't, doesn't want to government, doesn't want to govern by executive order when, you know, his first day, he signed a hundred of them. Hey, what's up, Shando? Easy. Who's Heather? Sparky352. Hey, Liberal Larry, I got a question for you. Can you just call in and answer it? Or maybe leave an open mic and answer it? Who do you support? Whose ideas do you think are good? Because you're always saying how bad Trumps are, with a proven track record, I may add. Um, that is good. Who do you support, D-Bag? Tell us, please. Be to be. I love Queen. I love all the Queen songs that they don't play on the radio. $1.2 billion, pretty good for a band that hasn't released a new song in 35, 40 years. Well, that's the whole point. But yeah, there's no reason for them to, to hold on to their rights anymore. Because right. They're not releasing any new The stuff. Queen organization pulled in $42 million, I think, a yeah. year uh, through this type of stuff, and which is split, you know, I guess evenly between them. And they're like, hey, why do we need to mess with it anymore? They'll eat, you know, $1.2 billion puts uh, half a billion dollars. You know, yeah, puts a quarter billion dollars in everyone's pocket yeah. and they walk away. Boom. Sorry, Shannon. I then last Thursday I was out of it. My mom passed away, and then they came to get her, and they ran my dog over in the oh. driveway. It's just been a really rough Jesus couple of days here. All huh. weekend, it's been pretty much a blur. And I tuned in this morning. I heard Bubba, you know, talking about it, and I missed the beginning of your show because the sleeping pills were kicking in. My happy pills. That's the only reason I called. Bubba talking about what? I think he was talking about the uh, the the shooter with the the cop shooting with the acorn. Oh, uh. Goodness gracious! I hope they don't have self serve checkout in Japan. The whole country go down. Be do be do. But man, the dude just tried to upgrade his coffee, sixty cents, seventy cents worth, and he lost a two hundred thousand dollar a year job and a pension that goes along with it. <laughs> hey, there's a guy again. I got a remark. Woo! Beat him, beat him. We'll play them all unless you go over your limit. Damn! I missed Mothman. I'm gonna have to listen to your show later. I'm just getting back to my phone out of town in Fort Myers trying to make this place a better place to live for everybody. Love you guys. Ray Ray, Ray out. Beat up, beat up. Ray Ray is up in Fort Walton Beach trying to make it a better place for everybody? Sound like it. What, what's he doing? Like picking up, he's driving down the street, sees some litter, he picks it up or is he a... Uh, just hit that I-10 stretch for a little while, pick up everything you find. Nice. Thanks a lot, Ray Ray. Damn. Damn. Hey, what's up, Shando? I can't agree more. Watching the 500, listening to the Shannonburg show. If Kyle Bush wins the number eight car, I'm going to be pissed, so that was Dale Jr.'s car. Yeah, people are serious about that. Mm -hmm. Dale and Dale Jr. I I haven't paid attention to it, quite honestly. I liked it. I went uh, uh, to the pits a couple of years. I had a great time. It was awesome. There was this one time at Bandcamp. All right. 
It was supposed to be fine. Uh, the only Queen song I can really take is Tie Your Mother Down. And that's because it's a rocker. It's a toe tapper. <laughs> Love you guys. Be doo be doo. It's a real toe tapper. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the remarks for today's program. Get the app, hit the little button at the bottom, and you can play along with us. Oh, Peter's had a victory. This one's a pretty good one. Uh, you've probably seen it. There are greeting cards that feature a feature of chimpanzees grinning ear to ear, looking as though they're quite happy. Well, they're not. That's a sign of fear. Uh, and the chimps in question were uh, in prison at a facility for 20 years where they underwent all kind of experience, uh, experiments, I'm sure. And so Peter held demonstrations at their headquarters, ran ads, got the help of celebrities uh, to shame Hallmark into towing the line and stop using the pictures of these uh, chimps. I mean, I get it. They were held in little cages and full of trash, and they were, uh, uh, you know, the Missouri Primate Foundation was where that where it all happened. The uh, the trade of chimpanzees for pets and and other purposes of, of entertainment. Um, the one of the sixteen ones there who had been part of the Hallmark photo shoot since infancy languished at the facility until he was rescued by an animal rights organization. I guess Peter didn't know. Where these pictures came from, they just because they look like they're having a good time. Yeah, I mean they they look happy. They look uh, silly looking. Um. So they showed uh, Peter in their uh, attempt. They show the pictures of the ch- of the chimps and the, how they lived and how they were warehoused. Um, and they were seen distressed while dogs barked at them, and they would pull their own hair out. They were in a lot of distress. Um, but then Peter went, um, so the people at Hallmark went, yeah, we're just down with, you know, happy birthday, grandma. We'll stick with that. So they pulled all of the, uh, um, I don't know why Peter can't stick more to things like this. Right. Like this is one of the ones that, that actually, and I hate agreeing with them most of the time. And I, this one, I'm like, okay, you, you got one. You, you did it correctly. Right. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, not that uh, they are profiting, I guess, in one way from using these. I don't think I guess they bought the rights to the photographs or I don't know if they're uh, in do in, a, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, they, they don't have to pay for it. But you know, instead of putting a naked girl in a cage outside of a circus. Yeah. Or outside of a, uh, a barbecue cook off. I don't mind the naked girl in a cage, but I don't know that people are getting the whole, uh, you know, message. Um, we'll take our final break here, I believe, right? Um, another greeting card story you'll want to hear when I get back. Uh, I guess the uh, funeral business is a cutthroat business, but hey, they still remembered your grandmother on Valentine's Day. And you didn't, so. (laughs) Stick around. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'll be honest. The first few months were tough. When I left the military, I was excited for a fresh start, but civilian life has been harder than I thought it would be. Figuring out a new career while also being a good mom, wife, and friend, 
Some days I'm barely keeping my head above water. And with the transition and everything I'm juggling, I'm spread too thin. I finally realized that it's hurting my mental health. To get back to enjoying life again, I needed to get help. Opening up to someone was a big step for me. I, I saw that I'm not alone and that there are tools to help me overcome what I'm going through. With support, I feel like I'm heading in the right direction. Discover how other women veterans like me have learned to thrive after military service by taking care of themselves and their mental health. Visit maketheconnection.net slash women veterans. We are strong and we'll get through this together. But these are stressful times. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, and know that you are not alone. Visit wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. of funeral directors sent Valentine's Day cards to residents of an old folks' home. The cards sent to White Gates Care Center in Surrey were decorated with red heart and a pink bow. And they said, sent with love from T.H. Sanders and Sons. See you soon. (laughs) One relative not named told the paper, luckily we managed to hide it away from mom could see it. It would have been devastating. It's appalling for a funeral directors to be trying to attract new customers by targeting vulnerable elderly people. This is the, this is a I don't know why uh, funeral homes need to ask if, or advertise at all. I'm shocked by it. You have a built-in clientele. Uh, you know, most funeral, uh, maybe a funeral, uh, uh, an undertaker or something like that. <clears throat> You're new to the business. Yeah. Maybe there's like the town has a couple different ones in town, and but they need to have like the uh, rec room sponsored by uh, Johnson's Crematorium. <laughs> <laughs> Today's pudding is compliments of uh, Fairchild uh, Baldwin uh, Funeral Home. I mean, what do you think an elderly person would go, oh, how sweet, and they read it, oh, how nice, oh, they happen to be, oh, I'll keep this number in my files, because I'll remember, they were so sweet to send me a card, I want to give them the business of involving my body. Yep, put me in the ground from them. I mean, funerals are so expensive, and normally your funeral home handles all of that business, right? Embalming, this, that, boomity boom, the the coffin, the... The burial, the whole shaboom. And you have a built-in clientele. You know, people die every day. Like I said, I mean, maybe you got, there. there's competition that, like, two different uh, families that run different morgues over there, and... Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Lower your prices, that might do something. <laughs> two for one, I don't know. Uh, that's it for us today. Thank you, Easy. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thank you, the audience, for tuning in and participating as well. Uh, we are back tomorrow. 3 Eastern, 2 Central. Don't forget Bubba the Love Sponge, a national treasure. And a bit dangerous in social settings. Don Miller, one of the funniest men you'll ever hear on the radio after that. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Florida Man Radio Network. I am Shannon Burke. Have a good night.